Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there are over 1 million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Here's to a whole lot of celebrating. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Don't stress about choosing the right wine for a meaningful gift. Consider me your wine concierge. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Cheers. Motorcycle Madhouse, presented by Insane Throttle Biker News, hosted by none other than everyone's favorite online personality, the foreign and every Leo side. Oh my god, this girl's really turning me on. James Hollywood Machikari. How you doing? I'm James Hollywood Machikari, and welcome to this week's edition of the Motorcycle Madhouse. We got a hell of a show for you guys today. Hoping you're all listening on that live thing, and you can actually chat with me uh, from that uh, podcast. Uh, what is that thing? That uh, app. <laughs> I'm an old guy. I'm getting used to it. But uh, today we're gonna have Wicked Bitch on. And we're also going to have a representative with uh, the AOA Iron Breed Motorcycle Club who's been going through some profiling issues. And also we have another special guest. His name is Mike. He actually went through the police academy before uh, deciding it was uh, just not for him. And he's going to give us a little update on... uh, how they really are taught in the police academy regarding bikers. You know, after hearing from Mike, you can really understand why cops don't like bikers. It's like it's bred into them right from, you know, this, you know, Jump Street. And the, the total, the total, the fallacies that are taught to these academy people or cadets, whatever you want to call them, are, uh, it's just way out of line. Just way out of line. Wait till you hear about some of this stuff. But we got a full action-packed show for you today. And it's going to be fun. We got uh, some recordings that we'd like you to hear. We got uh, sent to you. And we also got a reply to uh, Ryan Erlacher over there. You know, we are the champions or whatever that hell he wanted to play. You know, he wanted to put out that introduction on his last podcast. So we actually came up with something better for you, Ryan. And before we go to Wicked Bitch, I want to play that for you. And here we go. Here you go, Ryan. I think this would be the perfect thing for you to start your podcast out as. Shall we get started, boys? Yes, we shall. Mm-hmm. I was going to start with the slurch. Let's get nasty. Yes, I uh, stick it in. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so big. Dick, dick, dick. 
drum and be a hero. Look at me. So what do you guys all think? I think that'd be a perfect, perfect jingle for uh, law-abiding biker and uh, Ryan Erlacher or Ho Officer Howdy Doody, as I call him. Uh, that's for you, buddy. We appreciate you over there. And by the way, you keep on talking for those 99 percenters. I don't think they're listening, though, bud. I really don't. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, give uh, Wicked Bitch a call and uh, let's get her on the line and let's have some fun. Let's dial it out. Hello. Hey, wicked bitch, how you doing? You're on the air with Motorcycle Madhouse. How you doing, honey? Well, you know, I'm alive. <laughs> You're alive, huh? How's the weather yeah, out there you by know, you? I try to do that every day just to piss some people off. <laughs> <laughs> this is my kind of lady, man. Old school right there. Just don't give a damn. So how, how's the uh, weather out there with you? Well, you know, we had snow up until after Easter almost. Like, it was terrible, but we, so the weather here is beautiful right now. Everybody makes fun of everybody in Iowa because we have snow while they're having riding weather. But right now, while all y'all have, you know, sweating mosquitoes, we have tulips and 60-degree days for the rest of summer. So this is our best time. It's oh, really pretty in Iowa right now. Wow. I've only lived here for one year. I was oh. in Arkansas until about one year ago, and I moved here and opened a bed and breakfast. Oh, okay. Can you tell us about your bed and breakfast? Because you know what, I see. You know, I actually shared that link on uh, Facebook for everybody, and it's just awesome to have uh, one of our own running up. You know, a bed and breakfast like that. Well, you know, there's actually two of our own running our bed and breakfast, and it's a pretty cool story. Um, Clean Dean Schaller who was the editor of Biker Magazine for about 20 years, lives here in Green Mountain as well. And um, the, I built this place. I moved here to be near Dean, and he helps me run it. I couldn't do it without him. He lives in a bank here, and I will, you know, and it's pretty cool, too. It's right down the street. But I lived in Arkansas, and my husband passed away of Agent Orange diabetes and uh, heart disease. He was a 35-year soldier, a Vietnam veteran, and he was a chef. He was even a personal chef for a general. And he ended his career in the military by running the Army hospitals and cooking for the soldiers. And um, he was a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat because he served under Bill Clinton, and he hated Donald Trump. And so in his last days, you know, he was it was all this drama going on and everything. But there at the very end, he decided that, he was going to vote for Donald and not Hillary because he was also Catholic. And so uh, there's a reason I'm telling you this to my house. Uh, he went with me on the day to vote, and he put on his red fedora, and he voted for Donald Trump. And then he even went to the Republican watch party and literate with me and watched Donald Trump win with the governor of Arkansas. 
And a couple of days after that was Veterans Day, of course. And uh, Veterans Day was his favorite day because he fed soldiers his whole life. And he loved going to the restaurants and watching the soldiers come in and eating. He would do that all day. And I went to wake him up that morning, and he had passed away in his sleep. Well, I'm sorry. And so um, what I did was when I received his pension, I took it and I bought an old house here in Iowa, and I built a bed and breakfast. Because the first time I came here to Green Mountain, Dean told me that he had always dreamed of owning a place where bikers, you know, old bikers could come like a boarding house like the Cowboys had, and, you know, for veterans and bikers. And I always had kind of made jokes about I was going to write a book about a funny bed and breakfast full of the different bikers that came through. So all of those things came together, and we took Bob's pension, and we built this place with it so that his money always feeds the soldiers. We let Vietnam veterans stay for free. We let other soldiers stay for the year they were born. And that's the reason that we did this is because, you know, we Bob loved feeding the soldiers. And so we still, I run it for the bikers, and I use the money from the bikers to help me pay to feed the soldiers when they come in. And uh, we have an upstairs hallway that is decorated for Donald Trump. There's actually even a Donald Trump stand-up in the hallway, and there's a big bedroom upstairs decorated for veterans. And so that's what we're about here. We are aimed at the bikers uh, with Clean Dean's experience as an editor and all of his time in our lifestyle and all of my time. We've combined that and tried to make everything that a biker wishes for in a place to visit. We have good food. We have big, comfortable beds. They're heated if you need it. We have a small gym, a hot tub, a sauna, a place you can go for a walk. We even have a bedroom where you can pull your bike inside the room with you if you need that. So, it, you know, we took our combined experience and we made a place where bikers would feel like they were coming home no matter where they were from. And that's what my bed and breakfast is about. Oh, wow. You know what? First off, I want to say thanks to your, you know, for his service, especially the Vietnam era. You know, those people deserved a hell of a lot better than what they got when they come home from that war. But we really appreciate his service. And, you know, the ideal of just keeping on helping the veterans is just amazing. Well, you know, I, I felt very fortunate that the Lord gave me a Vietnam veteran. Too. I was his second wife um, that he gave me him to take care of in his final days. And then, you know, I've been doubly blessed because Dean is a Vietnam veteran as well. He was in the Navy. And so um, we have a library decorated that looks like a ship in the Navy with books for, you know, anybody that comes in wants them. And so we also have a room for Dean as a Vietnam veteran. You know, for some reason, the Lord thinks that, you know, I need beds to take, you know, probably to control me or something. I don't know why. But anyhow, I, I, I love Vietnam veterans as well. I think they're some of the greatest men in America. And so I appreciate your words. Oh, they are the greatest men in America. Most of uh, the bikers out there, especially from that era, really set off what this scene's about. You know, the true brotherhood. And them boys coming back from Vietnam knew what honor and loyalty was all about. They set the standards high. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they set the standards high. Oh, you know, they still do every day. Every single day they still set the standards. You know, it's a damn shame that all the young people now don't pay attention to the standards that the old guys are setting because it's a lost art, you know, in a million different ways. Um, it's you know they want to sit around and eat Tide Pods and take our guns away. I don't understand. I was yelling this morning about illegal people get to go to college for free. 
Now, how is that? You know, the word illegal to me means you get to go to jail for free because you did something against the law. Uh, I don't understand because when I was growing up and when the men were growing up, the only people who went to college for free in America were our soldiers. And I believe that's the way it should be. Exactly. And I know what you're talking about. That was just passed in New Jersey where they give uh, illegals the right to go to state college and all that good yes. stuff. That's not that's not fair to the American citizens, you know. Um, being an American citizen is not a privilege. Uh, I mean, it's not a right. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And it's not something that belongs to everyone. You know, um, it cheapens my place as an American citizen for you to call someone an American citizen that climbed over the fence like he's on a monkey bar. Right. You know, right. my mama gave birth to me. My my family has bled and died for the ground in this country on both sides of that coin. And, uh, you know, I, that's why I was going to tell you. My Donald Trump stuff and my big room upstairs with all of my Southern stuff and Bob's Army stuff, Airbnb kicked me off of Airbnb. <laughs> they didn't want me to be on there anymore because I was a conservative. They said that my house was you know, racist, and I don't know what I'll become. But anyway, I'm, I, I don't know even how to describe the stupidity that's going on in America right now. Well, you know, you're exactly right with the stupidity. This president is actually out there killing it. I think he's actually doing better than Reagan did. Look what he is doing out there. Of course there. he is. He's amazing. And, you know, all the stuff that people are squealing about that he's doing is so wrong. All of those people need to go to California all the, you know, the, uh, the governor of California, Mr. Moonbeam Calfarts himself, needs to get up and go over there and visit that Ronald Reagan library and read the words on the wall that the man said. Donald Trump ain't doing nothing that Reagan didn't do, except maybe Stormy Daniels. You know, uh, I don't get the, you know, he's the, the thing that changed is not him. What's changed is all the people in America are so butthurt about everything. You know, I can't make a joke. I made a joke the other day on Facebook about you could take my hourglass figure and build a bunker, you know, like a sandbag. You know, it's a joke. Oh, my God. There was 10 people. Uh, don't say that about yourself. You're worth more than that. Well, hell, if I didn't know how good looking I was, I wouldn't have made the joke. You know? Uh, <laughs> It's ridiculous. I don't know. This, this country has become too PC. In, you know. uh, why are y'all worried about my ego? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and that's really sad with this country becoming PC because it seems like it's starting to come into the biker community now. Oh, it's, it so has. Oh, my God, yes, it has. You know, back in the day, there was people, bikers were bikers. I scare bikers to death now, and I'm a girl. You know, now they run around wearing these big old logs and chains and their designer jeans and some white tennis shoes, trying to act like some fool they seen on the TV. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Sutter is the king of the freaking clowns. I, I, that man, I wish somebody would duct tape him to a tree and fart on him for about a week because he has devastated our lifestyle. Well, exactly, and what's even worse is he's got that new uh, show Mayans coming out this summer, so I'm, uh, or this yeah. fall, so I'm waiting to see how many more pop-up clubs we got going on. Oh, it makes me want to throw up a taco salad I ate in the third grade. It really, <laughs> really does. You know, and do you know what made me the maddest thing about the whole Sons of Crap Arky stuff? And What's I that? have no problem with gay people. Let's say up front, I don't mind gay people at all. My daughter is gay and married to a woman, 
And in my bed and breakfast living room, there is a huge rainbow windmill on the wall painted for that marriage. I, I like gay people. What I don't like is them putting a transvestite standing in the middle of all them bikers on the TV. This is why. I am built like Michelle Obama, except I don't have a fat ass. You know, I'm six foot tall, and I wear high heel shoes, and I, my shoulders are 52 inches wide. And I wear pinup girl clothes. So when all the citizens go driving by the bikers, and there's all the bikers, and this one big honking Lucille Ball in the middle of it, who do you think they think the tranny is? Me. Right, you know, right. no, I don't. <laughs> you know what? You're go- you're gorgeous, wicked bitch. You're gorgeous. But uh, you know but what? I'm You're... huge. I'm also large. <laughs> hey, you're still pretty. We love you. <laughs> you, well, know, you know, you make, you make a good a point thought, there. Who the hell would have put a trans in? I wouldn't wear six-inch heels. But it's just, you know, why do they have to gay up everything? Right. It seems it's like okay gay's to be a new gay, thing. But everybody's not gay. And so we'll get tired of hearing about it. You know, well, it's okay to be a Buddhist, but I'm not a Buddhist. I don't want to watch Buddhists on TV all day. I've been watching every... I watch the TV channel that plays Green Acres and Petticoat Junction because I don't like the new stuff. And in between every one of them shows, there's the RuPaul show, and there's this man. It looks like he's got a poop right on the top of his head. I'm so <laughs> tired of that man. I don't care what he does in the bed. I just don't want to look at his poo head every day. You know? Uh, I don't know. It's crazy. Right. America's gone nuts. Well, you know, also for our audience, you have done a ton of uh, work helping out down in Waco. Have you been following the news with uh, all the releases and all the charges being dropped against all the the boys down there? Well, you know, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Well, shit. Um, First of all, I have to say, I told y'all so. You know... That's all I can say is I told y'all so. Right. Well, you know, another one, it really amazes me because I'm from Chicago, and their justice system down there, I thought Chicago was bad. Jesus Christ, Waco is like a different world. (laughs) I'm from Arkansas, and they scare me over there. You know, that's the worst good old boy club I've ever seen. But, uh, But, you know, I walked my own dirty, dusty boots across Texas. I made 70,000 miles for the Waco bikers in one year. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was nasty. I will not go into the radio not knowing who's listening to me, just what all I know and what all I don't know. I never will. A lot of people said, you need to write a book about that. You know, I will not write a book about that because if you don't understand, I'm not going to explain it to you, nor would I ever want to profit a penny off them people because it was a travesty. It was an amazing miscarriage of justice on people's First Amendment rights, their Second Amendment rights, and their 14th Amendment rights. Um, What I am enjoying seeing happening right now, and I don't mind saying this, in 2015 and in hundreds of articles I wrote, one of them was about the Fusion Center. And what I wrote, basically, it was a big, long article, but the gist of it was, the Fusion Center was a good idea when it first came out. You know, when we needed the Patriot Act after 9-11, something had to be done. Mm-hmm. However, Obama took a hold of that, and they made this, like, it's like a spider, you know, and it reaches every state, and it's not who did something wrong. It is a trans, uh, projection of who they think might do something wrong. 
It, or if you wear this patch, if you run with these people, there is a likely possibility you're going to do this in such and such time. That's against the law. You know, we are innocent until proven guilty, not innocent until you think I might do something because my neighbor did it. And that was one of the things that made me craziest about the Waco stuff. And now that same problem has happened nationally with Donald Trump and with the Russia investigation. If you pay attention and if you go back and read the stuff that happened during Waco, they used the same fusion center to make up a fake dossier, a fake story, to imagine what they thought someone might be going to do. That's what they did to the Waco bikers, and that's what's happening right now with the Mueller investigation into our president. And I wish that more people would see that. Well, you know, the mute, the oh, that investigation is Russia, Russia, Russia. You know, I... <laughs> That's the biggest you know, setup in like U.S. Brady history. Saying Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. They need to take that Russia and go away. Right. <laughs> it's so stupid. You know, well, I, I bet, you know, I'm waiting for them to tell me Melania ate a salad in 1976 with Russian salad dressing on it. There's nothing else to tell. You just shut up and go on. He's doing a great job. Leave him alone and let the man do his job. Exactly. Well, one case down in Waco that has me uh, kind of stumped is the one of uh, Richard Luther. Uh, he came out, they came out and reindicted him for tampering with evidence. And I know his attorney came back out and said, hey, we got the videotape showing the cops planting the evidence. How is that even possible? How is it well, possible you know, that they're going to um, charge this man? I know, you know, from a few horses' mouths, and these are some horses I would die for, that uh, when them men come out of that building, they had them throw their guns into a big hall, their knives into a big hall in the middle of the ground there. The evidence was contaminated by the cops as soon as it happened. I don't know how they have evidence for anything, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking if they do uh, manage to get any kind of convictions on anybody, it's going to have to be a ter uh, overturned on appeal. There was blood on things, and, you know, in fingerprints and people, there's videos of a certain club inside a building handing weapons to other people inside the building for them to go run around and shoot them. Uh, the ha those men handed off guns. You could see it on the video, and then the cops handled the weapons, and then they made a big pile of them. That evidence was so stinky by the time they arrested everybody that night that they didn't have a case to begin with from the get-go. Right, right. Well, you know, we're, we'll move on to some, uh, you know, more happier things. But uh, before we do, remember, hashtag Free Richard is going around on the Internet right now. But uh, I wanted to get in some good stuff with Wicked Bitch like Easy Riders. Can you tell us a little bit about the Easy Rider, the time you spent with Easy Riders? Yes, sir, I can. And like I said, I live here now with Quentin, and he has a much, much more interesting thing than I ever thought about. I'm you still there? Um, no, I wrote, there you go. Can you hear me? Uh, I was never a full employee of Easy Rider. I was freelance. I also write for Thunder Press, and I've written for several other publications over the years. Um, I have a published book, and I've been a uh, contributing author to four other books in Canada and Australia, all over the world. And so, uh, but I always, for Easy Rider, when I first started writing for them, I covered 
um, the bike rodeos and the bike shows for In the Wind and for Biker more than I actually did stuff for Easy Rider herself. Mm-hmm. After I've gotten sick, I'm not able to chase the stories. You know, I ran all over the place. I've ridden all together in 42 states on motorcycles. And I chased those rodeos and stuff on a little sports tour. But then I got lupus, and I'm oh, not able sorry. to do that anymore. And so uh, what I've done for them, you know, in the last 10 years or so, has only been feature stories. If I covered the Elvis Festival Rock and Roll Rides for Life, their first big diabetes ride. Um, I've covered, you know, I'll do like one big event and co- write two or three stories. And that's more how I do the stuff for them now. The most recent big story that I covered was I did the stories for um, Mr. Vernon when he died, Vern Autry. He was one of the original boost fighters, and he was the last remaining male boost fighter. You know, of, we're still one of the boosts that's alive, but he was the last of the original wild ones who was alive, and I wrote a big feature for his obituary, and I was real proud of that. And it ran in Thunder Press about two months ago. I recently am mostly doing Diner Dash stories for Thunder Press because my bed and breakfast keeps me so busy, I can't run the roads anymore. Right, right. What got you into the biker lifestyle? Do it again. I couldn't hear you. What got you into the biker lifestyle? Oh, a man, just like all of us girls that's in the biker's lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with a biker. <laughs> that's what happened. Oh, he was a great guy. It's his birthday is this week. He passed away in uh, 2008. And um, he was a great man, an old biker. That taught me that that's the reason I'm so hardcore and old school is because I learned how to do it from an old guy. And he had a beautiful purple road king. That was the first Harley I ever rode, first motorcycle I ever rode. And I lived with him for seven years, and he passed away of a heart attack on the 4th of July. And so, you know, that those things happen. I've married, buried two of them so far. Wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that. But uh, how, how would you compare, you know, bikers like your past husbands to what you're seeing today? Well, you know, the biker lifestyle is not, you know, people tend to put us in a box, and we're not. We are an entire nation. I say the biker nation more than I say anything because it's true. Um, we're several nations, as a matter of fact. Um, we have preachers and churches. We have the different, you know, we'll say countries that are the different nations, the different clubs that have to all work together and have their treaties and what all. We have the people that don't care about the politics. We have the people who do care about politics. Anything you can find in any community in America or in the world, you're going to find in the biker lifestyle. And so right now, of course, we are, you know, being shadowed by the same things that are happening in America, which is we have a lot of old guys that still know how to do stuff, but we got a whole lot of young, hot-headed little, you know, David Hogg shithead boys that don't listen to the old guys. They want to do what Barack Obama tells them to do. And so that's the problem. Right, right. Well, you know what? I've never heard that analogy, but that's a hell of an, an analogy. Thank you. <laughs> that is a hell of a one. What's some of the best rodeos you've covered? Oh, goodness, honey. I haven't been to one in so long, I can't tell you. It's been 10 years or so since I went to a bike rodeo. Um, my favorite one, the, mo- the biggest one I ever covered, was probably 
um, in Lansing, Michigan, I wrote uh, several stories about David Allen Coe, and I got to interview him. And that was when I was a very young writer, and it was very exciting to get to meet a legend like David Allen Coe and to write the stories about him for the magazines. So that was probably the coolest rodeo I ever covered. Uh, David Allen Coe is something else. I remember because uh, I was a Black Piston in Chicago, and whenever he came to Rockford and stuff, all the black and white would get go behind stage. And that man is still going. He can drink a bottle of Jack Daniels like it ain't nothing. <laughs> uh, he got sick recently. It was everybody was telling how sick he was. But like, then the next day, he was in concert again. He's tough for boot leather. He's awesome. I love the old guy. Oh, my God. I did want to have something I want to say on your radio today. Uh, Today is World Lupus Day. May the 10th is always World Lupus Day. And there are millions of people all over the world who have this disease. And bikers have to be especially careful because one of the triggers of lupus is exposure to sunlight. And we're bad about that. And so I've had it for 14 years. I have two motorcycles that, you know, stay covered in cobwebs because I'm sick all the time. And so I want to show everyone to pay attention to your bodies and pay attention, you know, to what's going on and keep yourself covered from the sun. Do the things you're supposed to do to take care of yourself and mostly be aware because doctors don't check you for autoimmune diseases. You usually don't find out you have them until it's almost too late. We get very little coverage in the media. You know, we're not pretty and pink like breast cancer. And so I was wanting to take a time, you know, today on your show to say I'm a 14-year survivor of a hellacious disease, and I want to give a shout-out to all the people out there that fight every day like I do. Oh, yeah, that's, you know what, lupus is a disease that many people don't talk about, and it's one that uh, actually wasn't, uh, I was thinking that girl from the Goonies, I think, got that uh, is there any? There were good... uh, Michael Jackson had it. That was real. It was really going on with his face and the mask and stuff. Um, give me a second, I can name you. There was a, there's a lot of famous people. It's usually black people that have it and that are famous because most of the people who have lupus are either black or Indian, Filipino, um, and they're usually women. Seventy percent of the people who have lupus are women, and I encourage everyone to at least you know take the time today to get on the internet and go to the National Lupus Foundation website and read about it and find out a little bit about a disease that so many people don't talk about and many, many women in America have. Is there, How's the medical advances coming for it? It's absolutely terrible. Uh, we've had one new um, medication approved for us in the last 50 years. It's called Benlista. I myself have I've quit taking all medicine two years ago because my liver would quit from all the stuff they ran through me from being a guinea pig. Benlista is almost like getting chemo. It's called biotoxin therapy. You have to go in and, you know, they may sound advanced. I hear now you can give yourself a shot at home of it. But uh, it makes you feel better, but it also makes you sick in different ways. And there's really no medical advancement. There's no... You know, marches and people, the football players at the NFL don't wear purple uniforms one night like they do for everybody else. It's very sad to be one of us that is so sick. You know, it gives you ungodly pain and you throw up, or you, you can't eat, it makes you be mean to people, all these things, it does, and it'll kill you. You know, I'm going to die of it. And I know I can name people who died within the last five years of it who were younger than me. It's, it's a terrible disease, and the lupus foundations have to beg for money to keep the lights on. You know, nobody cares. They don't even know what causes us to have the disease yet. 
what is, you know what actually you brought that up can you, what is lupus because i you know i've only seen it you know in passing most people don't know what is lupus and i don't mind you asking at all it's an autoimmune disease which means that it's, it affects my immune system you know most people know what aids is lupus is like the opposite of having aids you have too much immune system and you can't give it to anyone else except maybe your daughter's uh, you know, when, because it's passed on hereditary, but you, it's not contagious. However, it, it you have too much immune system, and so your immune system is starving itself, and so it starts feeding on the good tissue in your body, and so it affects all your organs. It can affect your heart, your lungs, your kidney, your liver, your pancreas, your mind, and then you also have all these other secondary diseases like, you know, fibromyalgia and scleroderma or rheumatoid arthritis, all this stuff that you can get from lupus attacking your organs. You know, I have autoimmune pancreatitis, autoimmune hepatitis, all these other diseases that are caused by lupus, and eventually one of them, you know, will be too much. And they still, you know, what with all the technology and medical advancement out there, they haven't been able to come up with anything in 50 years. Right. They don't even, you know, most of the time you have to beg a doctor to even test you for it. It's ridiculous. Wow, that's unreal. That that's really, you know, what the state of our uh, healthcare right now. It's pretty well, bad. You know, you, our healthcare was doing pretty good until somebody made a certain thing happen that turned all of our stuff into third world countries. And I watch, you know, I watched it happen. Affordable Care Act covers something that really needs to happen. We need to have insurance that people can afford. The problem is not the cost of the insurance; it's the cost of you know, $5 aspirins and $10,000 surgeries. When I stopped taking all the medicine and going to the doctors and decided to do it on my own, it cost the medical profession $20,000 a month to lose me. That's just one sick person. You know, uh, it's a racket. It's a huge, terrible racket that the American people have to pay for. However, the Affordable Care Act was not the right thing to fix it. It was as messed up as this Iran deal we just got out of. Um, I believe that they, I don't know why it happened, but I was going to the doctor once a week and I watched hospitals and things just get to where there were people laying around in the floor. See, you know, it became like third world countries. The medical care in the last five years has gone completely to hell in the United States. Uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I, I know a couple of my friends out there having a real hard time with uh, There were two stuff. girls sat in the emergency room and died in Arkansas in the last few years. Like, sat in a chair and died in the emergency room. Two different people. Wow, that's unreal. That's in America, guys. Holy cow. That's unreal. But... Uh, can you give our... Uh, it's okay because, you know, Donald Trump is going to make America great again. <laughs> make America great again there, baby. Uh, can you give our, uh, before we go, can you give our uh, audience uh, the name of your bed and breakfast and stuff so we can get you some business out there? I sure can. That's about I'm going to have to get on here because I got a guest coming from France that's going to be here soon and I have to get ready for him. But my bed and breakfast is the Laidback Manor in Green Mountain, Iowa. We have a website, and it's that, thelaidbackmanor.com. We are on Facebook. You can find us on Hotel.com, Expedia, all of those things that people use. 
And uh, our Facebook is the best way to get a hold of us. We have all sorts of specials for club members and A-bait members. You know, the veterans get to stay for free or for the year they were born. So everybody come on and check us out. We would love to have you. We are in Green Mountain, Iowa, which puts us right in the middle of the United States. So on your way to Sturgis or anything like that, we're a pretty convenient stop. That is awesome. All right, Wicked Bitch. We, you know what, really appreciate you coming on, and I'll make sure I get a banner up on our website for you. And if you're going to the hundred, well, if you're going to the hundred and fifteenth anniversary, make sure you guys stop out at the the inn and you know enjoy some good biker time right there. But we really appreciate having you on, uh, Wicked Bitch, and you know it's just awesome to talk to you and talking with an old school gal, man, because you know these younger ones ain't like it used to be. <laughs> oh no, no, you know I was born old school. Rock and roll. Well, you take care, Wicked Bitch. You too. Thank you for having me on today. Y'all have a good day. Okay. And that was Wicked Bitch, and I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that uh, interview with her. Right now, I'm going to let you hear from Good Time Charlie, and when we get back, we're going to be talking with Pug over at uh, the Iron Breed about uh, the profiling going on up there. So I'll catch you on the other side. Everybody out there on the internet highways, this is Good Time Charlie. Check out my morning show on BIC Underground Radio, Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We got a Pacific Standard Time kind of thing going on here. That's BIC Underground Radio. We're 24-7, music all day long. Get our free app. Just type in BIC Radio or Biker Radio and get joining our family because you just gonna love it you know why because it's all about motorcyclism baby that's right b-i-c underground radio and good time charlie hey this is good time charlie producer co-director and actor in the movie rebel on the highway rebel on the highway is a pretty damn cool movie i kind of look at it as the blues brothers on motorcycles it's got a great soundtrack it's got a lot of folks in the motorcycle world that are legends and also some legendary blues players. Rebel on the Highway, rebelonthehighway.com. Go there, check it out, get some shirts, soundtracks, movies, everything. Just go to rebelonthehighway.com and tell them Good Time Charlie sent you. Wait a minute. I don't think you can tell them anything. It's a website. But anyway, go there anyway. rebelonthehighway.com. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari. And today on Motorcycle Madhouse, we got Pug joining us with the Iron Breed. If you guys uh, haven't heard, the Iron Breed's having some uh, trouble up there in Cuddy, Wisconsin, with uh, the profiling going on with the township. Uh, it looks like uh, they got a little uh, upset because uh, the president a couple years ago had a post on that they claimed that was racist. And if you've seen the story yesterday that I put out, I guess uh, it don't apply to them. You had one of their uh, aldermen or alder persons because, you know, they want to be politically correct and, you know, can't use the men part. But he was out there bashing on white guys and stuff. So if you wanted to go look and see that at the article, you could for yesterday. I'll put the link up in the description of this uh section of the podcast and right now let's get uh joining uh pug how you doing pug this is uh you're on the air with the madhouse how you doing buddy real good uh thanks for having me on hollywood appreciate it 
ah, it's no problem. That's no problem. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on out there? And let's get your side of the story. Because God knows we only know the mainstream media ain't going to go out there and get your side. Uh, sure, it's not a problem. Uh, well, basically, we found a, found a building on uh, Packard Avenue, which is basically the main dragway of, of Cudahy. Um, there's another main road that's Layton Avenue, but Cud- uh, Packard Avenue is pretty much the main dragway. The building had been vacant for quite some time, um, and it was looking pretty – it looks kind of shabby on the outside and whatnot. So we contacted the landlord. Um, we met with him at first – just like anyone else who hears a motorcycle club, he was a little apprehensive, but he got to know us. He felt comfortable renting his building to us and, uh, and said, well, let's, let's go and get the proper permits and everything. Um, we uh, submitted a, our plans for uh, proposals of, uh, you know, be, having a motorcycle club there to get the proper occupancy permits. We even met, uh, well, a representative for the club met with the mayor and said, what do you need to see and certain things like that. Uh, Mayor seemed to be all on board at first, and he ended up being one of the no votes. Um, now, as far as no votes couple, you're talking about, is that for, uh, were you applying for occupancy or were you applying for a liquor license? What was the no vote on? Yeah, we were not applying for a liquor license. Uh, we stated uh, both in the submitted paperwork that this was a private clubhouse, it was not to be allowed for public. It's only for us. Uh, so it was an occupancy permit, uh, which you have to have with a zone commercial property. Right. Now, oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I see this where this uh, is going with them. Go ahead. Sure. So, uh, you know, we uh, we apply for it, and the uh, mayor says, I, I don't see this being any problem whatsoever. Um, and this is all in in talks in the mayor's office with a representative of our club. Um, so we, we're getting closer to the time of when the hearing is going to be for this occupancy permit. Um, and we decided, Hey, you know what, let's, let's introduce ourselves to, to cut So we, we wrote a really nice piece that we shared on, a, on a, on a group, a Facebook group that said, you know, here's where we are. Here's what we're we're about, and here's what we want to do for the community. You know, fundraising attempts for uh, uh, for kids, uh, for the underprivileged, uh, veteran groups, uh, friends of Pulaski Park. They needed help with fundraising, so we attended their events, um, bicycle giveaways for for needy kids, and, and so on. And at first, the responses were great, and then this one person went on to our uh, president's Facebook page and found this meme, a meme, not a writing, not a book, a meme that he shared three or four years ago um, and said, well, what about this racist meme? Now, the meme simply said it had a picture of a snow-covered street, and it said, I like my neighbors like my snow, white. It's a joke. <laughs> and they got all bent out of shape on that. Who was the? Oh per- my who, god! Who was the person who actually yeah. went on your uh, president's website? Do you know? I don't know the person's name because it, it started getting 
you know, showing all over, all over the place. So, um, who started, you know, again, I I forget the person's name who shared it to this, uh, it it shared it as a comment on our, on his post that he wrote of what we wanted to do with Tudahay. And this person simply said something like, care to explain this racist meme? And we're like, what, what do you, you know, what are you talking about? This is, it's a joke. You know, Richard Pryor did jokes. Eddie right. Murphy did plenty of jokes. George Carlin did off-color jokes. Oh, it's something, God, you know. God forbid you bring up uh, the white jokes, right? Well, yeah, uh, you know, because that doesn't count. You know, that doesn't count. If you're if if you're making fun of a Caucasian, that doesn't count. That's okay. Now, do you know if uh, Cudahy is that mostly Republican or is that Democrat, left-leaning, right-leaning? Well, it seems to be somewhat of a mix, but uh, as far as I can tell, most of the older persons are of uh, a Republican background, even Mr. Uh, Justin Morales. Now, Justin Morales Morales is the one who uh, put out that other racist meme where he uh, talked about uh, my cubbies, for one. (laughs) That's already got him on my bad side. uh, That's our cubbies, by the way. I'm oh. a Cubbies fan, too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I thought you'd be a Brewers fan, man. I was going to feel sorry for you, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he put out that he don't like the Cubbies, and if uh, you didn't like the Dave Matthews ban, then uh, it's about as useless as uh, being a white man or something like that. So I see uh, the double standard from their own alderman. Has uh, the news picked up on that, the mainstream media on this uh, meme he put out? or No, actually, it was a post, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually a post that he wrote. Um, you know, so he thought all these words. He thought all these uh, condescending thoughts about Caucasians. Right, um, right. You know, and, not- it, and, and it, you know, there's more to it than that. This alderman is not a very clean individual by any means. And certainly the people of Cudahy, if they're worried about the impacts of their city of a motorcycle club, should be really worried who they elect to their common council. Well, do tell. This is the madhouse, and we do like gossip. What's up with this guy? Well, I mean, for instance, uh, about the same time frame that one of us posted this racist meme, um, Mr. Morales was getting a DUI. Oh. And And around that same time, he also had a restraining order taken out against him by a certain female. Was this? And around that same time, oh, sorry, go ahead. Was this female his wife, girlfriend, his, you know, side piece? What? Do tell. Well, we, we don't really know. Uh, there's not a lot of information out there, but you can certainly see Cap his name and get all the information you need. Oh, I'm sure we're going to be doing that. I'm going to, you know, I'll, is this information available through public records? Yep, yep. It's right on uh, CCAP Wisconsin. Oh, so, beautiful. You know, beautiful. if you want to... You know, uh, uh, unfortunately, the people of Cudahy chose to pick on us, but didn't choose to pick on who they picked for their alderperson to represent the city of Cudahy. Well, no problems. Uh, Insane Throttle will be uh, publicizing his little charades and uh, the hypocrisy of those in uh, charge of the city government. But go ahead and go on. Do you know if uh, it was the meme that they went after you with, or is it because your affiliation with the Outlaws MC? Uh, actually, none of that came up. Uh, I'm sure that they probably had a meeting beforehand and said, don't bring any of this up because it could be an issue. 
you know, uh, whether you think the meme is racist or not, we have a First Amendment right to post that. And if you're going to make government law against the First Amendment right, you open yourself up to a lawsuit. Right. What was um, what was their base? Did they did not did they deny the permit to, or the occupancy permit? Yes, they did. And a, a four a four against three four. So it was four three four. Uh, it was four four against three of them for it. Oh, so it okay. did fail. What uh, we lost you, by one vote. Is there any way you can get uh, insane throttle the ones who voted against it? Uh, I'm sure we can get that to you in a little while. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, what was? Did they give an announcement after the vote didn't pass on why it didn't happen? Was there any debate during, uh, uh, you know, before the vote? Oh, uh, there was a debate before the vote. Uh, several of them asked questions, you know, uh, and they were good questions. Um, one of the questions was that they beforehand. Let me get before before this meeting even happened, and our representative had a meeting with the mayor. The mayor suggested us not parking behind the building because on the back side of the building, um, residential homes start there. But on the front side of the building, you have ATI, which is a metal forging plant. Um, you know, so they have a drop forge hammer that runs all day long, that type of stuff. And he said, make a plan for you to park in front on Pulaski Avenue. So we we said, well, here's our, our map and our plan for our parking. And everyone there said, well, why would you park on Pulaski? We're worried about traffic congestion. We're worried about your bikes getting hit. And the mayor just sat there and stared. What's the mayor's name, by the way? Um, boy, I'd have to look that up uh, again. I, I, I forgot his last name. Well, that's no problem. I'll find that out. But go ahead. Um, so, uh, sorry, where was I here on that? So we made up this plan for our parking. Uh, we made up a plan that we were going to, you know, paint the exterior, do uh, some nice landscaping to freshen up the building and everything like that. Um, and before the vote, you know, we were, we were talking about all this and some of the questions that were being asked. And, uh, one of the, uh, uh, one of the people on the, uh, um, on the council asked, uh, you know, what if we give them a probationary period to see how this is really going to be? He was trying to be fair about it. Um, so that was brought up, and they still, uh, again, denied that. Okay. Now, was the four uh, against, was it women? Uh, was it a mix of women, mix of men? Uh, it's actually, it was, uh, oddly enough, there was one older woman on the council, and uh, her name was Michelle St. Marie uh, let's see if I can pronounce his last name correctly, Bokal. Mm -hmm. um, and she made it known before she cast her vote that she's also uh, works for Harley Davidson Motorcycle Company. Okay. Why she had to bring that up was beyond me. She didn't need to bring that up. Um, but she said, well, you know, that's, uh, I'm being a representative of the city right now. I'm, I'm not representing Harley. Well, then why did she bring it up? Okay. So she did brought she, that up, did, and did she, she did she vote for or against? Against. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Do you, do you know if she works for the company or does she work for a dealership? No, she works for Harley Davidson Motorcycle Company. Okay. 
Great, that's gonna be great. I'll reach out to the company and uh, check on that stuff and uh, see if they approve their employees going out there uh, bashing, you know, their ridership. But go ahead. Yeah. So you know, um, you know, that's basically all it went down. They, they, there was no reason really given except the concerns of noise. Um, you know, the concerns of noise, and then the concern of our former clubhouse that we were in South Milwaukee. Um, it, it, and as far as I'm concerned, there's no noise ordinance due to ATI and the drop board and the airport in the city of Kodai. Right. So how how can you say you're worried of noise where you don't have noise ordinances? Okay. Is there an Elks Club there, a Moose Lodge there, an American Legion there? Yes. There is. So there is private social clubs within the city limits. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so why why do you believe you know overall you were denied and you know it just I just, and you went for a permit for a private social club again, correct? Correct, correct. Okay. That's it. Just a private social club, not a liquor license, not a business license. Okay, okay. So overall, you believe it was because of this memmy or whatever it was. Well, I think that's what started it, and I think. People inherently are afraid of free men, and that's what my club and my brothers represent. We represent people that live by, yeah, we have society rules that we that we all follow, and then we have our rules too, you know. Um, so when we when we go out and we ride, people see that and they see that, and it, I think it scares most people because they have this predisposed ideas that everyone is, oh, it's a motorcycle club. Well, I, I just watched that show on Gangland last night. That's what it's going to be. They're going to bring in guns and drugs and prostitutes and, you know, I mean, get off of it. We work. We all work. We're full-time guys. We work 40 to 60 hours a week, some of us. Right. And nothing makes us happier than maybe getting together on a Friday night or a Saturday night with our brothers watching an old biker flick in our clubhouse, shooting some pool, and having a good old time. Right, right. There's, well, you know, I the, can, the I point can that understand. we were trying to make was there was no difference between us doing that there and you having your friends over at the Elks Club and doing that there. There's no difference. They're both clubs. Exactly. They're both uh, private social clubs. Uh, was there any... Was the cops there? Did they speak out against it? Not at all. We've never had any run-ins with law enforcement in this area. Besides, you know, having your own little traffic citation, one guy here because he's speeding or whatever. But even at our old clubhouse, which we were at for close to four years, the p- police came out one time to tell us that our, bon- our, our, uh, our fire pit was a little too close to the building. It had to be 20, I think it was 25 feet away. And it was about 22 feet away. Right, right. So you're basically, you know, a mom and pop uh, support club with the outlaws. And because of a memmy that started it all, and you actually had a conversation with the mayor who agreed at first, then all of a sudden, you know, you know, did a turnaround on you. And you actually had an alderwoman that works for Harley Davidson vote against this. Am I correct? Correct. Wow. That is just outrageous. Yeah. 
when did the yeah. when did the media get involved? I seen you had a little uh, what is it? A little shit town newspaper out there uh, messing with you guys. Well, CBS fifty eight, which is a local news studio, um, they must be have a member on this uh, group that our president posted uh, the the. Uh, the welcoming note that we wanted to do on and caught wind of that. And they went down to where our clubhouse was going to be uh, on Packard Avenue. Uh, it just so happens we were going there to actually clean up the parking lot because they had a vigil the night before and it kind of, there was a mess left behind. Um, so when he got down there, he saw the news cameras and they, they approached him and, and, and offered to interview him. Right. Right. Where does it stand right now? Uh, did the landlord back you, or you know, you guys just going to try to find another place? Well, we don't know. We're going to discuss our options. The landlord does back us. He was there in favor of us because he knows that we're a good group of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gotten to know us in this time frame that we were that we were cleaning up this building on the inside. You know, uh, the, the the last business that, that was actually in this building was an underage nightclub. Wow. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. So an underage nightclub can get an occupancy permit and have all these issues to the point that they shut down, but you won't even let a motorcycle club in. Right, right. Okay. Well, this is just amazing, and uh, personally, I think uh, they're a bunch of ass monkeys. Uh, the only thing I got to, you know what, tell you guys you got to get some strippers in there, man. Watching old biker movies and stuff again it gets boring, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. You got to hey, get some, you know. You got to get some titties. You got to get some boobs going on over there, bro. <laughs> uh, you're not a law That alleg- that, that allegedly not- does happen from time to time. Oh, allegedly, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> are you you guys are an official support club of the Outlaws MC? You're not that you know because people confuse you with the you know the Iron Breed as being a cop club. That ain't that's the farthest from the truth. I'm guessing, right? Yes, that's the absolute furthest. Uh, we were formed before that club in California decided to steal our name and tried to steal our name for a website domain. Uh, which we had to file a lawsuit against to stop them and actually made them change their name to Iron Breed L-E-M-C. Oh, so there was a cop club out there that actually tried to steal that name, huh? Go figure. Well, yeah, you know, because they're above the law. They don't follow proper protocol like all of us good clubs do. Right, right. You know, they right. think they can go out. You know, You know what's funny about cop clubs, man? They want to bust you nine to five, but then you know after five o'clock they want to get out there and be like us. That's pretty screwed up. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's because their old ladies fantasize about bikers all day long, and they know they're not man enough to do it. <laughs> man of my fucking own word, right there, boy. Are you guys gonna be going up to the one hundred fifteenth? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is our this is this is our city. We love this area, uh, and yeah. We're definitely going to be up, you know, for the 115th. Well, you're going to have to stop by, man, because I'm going to be doing live shows from uh, the 115th, uh, doing some video, and uh, we're going to be doing some live coverage with uh, the Madhouse out there, man. So you're going to have to drop by the booth. Yeah, right on. Will do. Rock and roll. Uh, before I uh, I forgot, what's that? Well, you know, I, I can look up her name, but do you got that person's name, by the way? That uh, woman? The, uh, the, the all. The older woman, yeah, yeah. Michelle, yeah, Michelle 
St. Marie hyphen, and it's Bolkow, B-O-E-L-K-O-W. Okay, great. If you can email me that, I'd really appreciate that uh, because it's just like, you know, that's a bad hangover right there, that fucking name. <laughs> yeah, absolutely on that one. She right. probably spells the hyphen too, I'm sure. I wouldn't doubt it, man. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. But uh, we're going to be doing some research into this, and I'm going to keep on uh, plugging away on them because stuff like this just can't get away. You know, they can't get away with this. Have you guys filled out uh, the motorcycle uh, profiling form on uh, Double D's uh, website? I believe we're getting to do that uh, shortly. Uh, I, I want to say that both. Abate of Wisconsin was there for us also at this meeting, uh, along with one of the founders of Abate and both uh, Tony Pants and Flippo. Okay, great. Wonderful. Wonderful. So well, I appreciate they, they spoke on our behalf, so we, we want to thank them for that. Great. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Pug, and sharing that with us. And I can guarantee you that the throttle is going to be out there raising a little hell on this uh this uh, incident, as we always do, and again, thanks for coming on, and we appreciate it, and in the next segment, I'm going to be talking uh, with somebody who was actually going through the police academy years and years ago, and dropped out, and he's got a story about how they actually handle motorcycle clubs in the police academy and how we wonder why they got the attitudes they do against us but until the next segment i'll see you on the other side and we thank pug for coming on from the iron breed and we wish him the best and we'll keep you all updated with this Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of the Biker Angle over on Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel. Take a second and come over and check out the new channel with shows like The Boss with Peter Big Pete James and my show, The Biker Angle. The new Insane Throttle YouTube channel is focused on everything biker, where we take on the tough issues facing the biker community and rally and event coverage as well. Come join in the crazy conversations, put your two cents in, so put that damn beer down and get over to Insane Throttle and subscribe. Shit, get the prospect busy and make them hit that subscribe button for you. Just subscribe. You won't regret it. www.youtube.com backslash C backslash Insane Throttle. Be there. And welcome back. This is James Hollywood Machikari. And we're about to, I'm going to dial up here and bring Mike on. And we're going to get into a good segment about uh, how Mike went through the police academy and how kind of uh, the cops think and all that good shit like that. Hey, Mike, are you on? Yes, sir. How's it going? How you doing, buddy? You're on the air with the Madhouse. Can you tell a little bit uh, right. about yourself and what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, so um, a little bit about myself. Uh, went to the military when I was 17 years old in 96. Um, stationed in... Uh, Fort Riley, Kansas, after I completed basic training in Fort Leonard Woods. Um, did two years there, got out, moved to Minnesota. Um, in between jobs and stuff like that, trying to raise a family and everything, uh, I kind of decided to become a police officer, look into it. I Actually, I had gotten laid off, and, and the state wound up helping me out with my schooling and everything, and that's kind of why I went that route also. So, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, this was, uh, when, when, when did I get done with the uh, academy? 
2009 is when I got my license. And I got hired on in the department, um, worked there for a little bit, decided it wasn't for me, and got out um, of the biz. Got out of, uh, you know, I was done with the military, um, too, and uh, just trying to sort some things out at this point. Well, I'm listening to uh, the broadcast, and I'm, and I'm talking to some other biker guys that I know. And I'm hearing a lot of stuff about profiling MCs and, um, and, and, and motorcycle riders and everything else. And I started thinking about some of the stuff that I learned at the academy and contacted James. And uh, so here we are. Rock and roll, rock and roll. Yeah, we just got off, uh, you know, our previous segment. We were talking with Pug with the Iron Breed MC. And they're having uh, problems up in Cudahy, Wisconsin, where they got denied a permit for their clubhouse over a stupid memmy. But uh, it's all right for the aldermen or alder person or whatever they want to call themselves up there to uh, shoot out stuff about white guys. But that's beyond the point. Uh, can you, uh, how, you know, you brought up an interesting thing because I never talked to somebody who actually went through the academy and had to deal with, uh, you know, being taught what they're taught with the bikers. So can you tell me a little bit about what they were taught, what you guys were taught about? Sure. All right, absolutely. So, um, again, I was a full-time licensed office, officer in the state of Minnesota. Um, I worked for a small department. At, the city only had like 2,000 people in it. Um, but part of this process was I had to get my associate's degree, uh, and I did that at a community college. And I went to um, – a technical college in Minnesota was highly regarded. And there I completed 432 hours of what they call law enforcement skills program. And then they go over everything there from, you know, use of force, weapons, you know, grappling, handcuffs, driving, they cover, they supposed to cover it all. But in particular, uh, you know, they had, I don't know, I think I was looking for my curriculum. I couldn't find it. I, I might've tossed it. I wish I would have kept it. But um, I think there was about a week's, time there that they had strictly for MCs and clubs they had a whole week i believe it was a week yeah i I can't remember for sure um but uh you know it might have been three days it was been a week you know i guess i wish i had my curriculum but and then they had all the they had all the cuts there all the vests all the big time players you know all those names when you think MCs all those clubs were represented there in vests there was two instructors both kind of looked, you know, bikerish, like they could definitely be bikers or, or be in the club scene in some way. Basically, and, uh, basically undercovers. They very well could have been. They didn't say anything like that that I remember, but very well could have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, I, I had seen some things. I mean, I lost a buddy in the military, and I want to send a shout-out to him real quick, man. His name's uh, PFC Christopher M. Serta. He died friendly fire uh, stateside. And that's one of the things that I saw that uh, that I was I was a part of that event um, that kind of started making me take a second look at some things. So by this time, um, and and so R.I.P. to him and all of his family, man. Exactly. But uh, exactly all the service members out there, everything you guys do for us, you know most you know what raise a beard to these guys, you know these uh, men and women because they're out there protecting us, you know, it, yeah. The biggest props from the madhouse to the the military. Yeah, man. You know, he, you know, soldiers they all deserve respect, and it's it's a shame, you know, um, that you got soldiers that die in training accidents from friendly fire for their own things. So, and I don't know if he's ever been, 
you know, lit up on the Internet or anything. But, but look his story up. Just do a Google, read about what happened, and, and go from there. Right but um, so at this, po- at this point in the academy, man, you know, I'm kind of like seeing some things because I've been through some things. And a lot of the people that I had noticed coming through, not a lot of life experiences, very young, very naive, the way that they would talk about things. And I mean, no military bearing, if, if anybody knows what that means, you know, and, um, and, and not, not everybody, but a lot of them there. And so very impressionable was kind of the way that I looked at him, you know. Right. And so we're in the we're in the class with the MC stuff, and they've got all the vests laid out, and, and they start talking about basically how these clubs, regardless if they're Christian MCs, if they're one percent clubs, um, if they're support clubs, or even if they're uh, Leo clubs, they're all suspect and all prone to criminal activity. And so right off the bat, they're kind of setting the stage man so that people that have never had any experience with mcs at all never seen them or anything automatically they're putting into their brain man that these are bad people and not to be trusted that was my impression wow they even brought up that uh christian mcs are prone uh to illegal acts yeah they said that um a lot of them it's just a big front and then they had pictures with what looked to be legit mc members with their faces blurred out showing you know like one christian mc arm in arm with the one percenter and then then they had same pictures with with certain leo clubs also and again it was and then they would you know even when you got to search them and stuff they would say you got to be careful because they'll they'll put razor blades in their pockets here and there and on the scene so that you cut yourself when you're patting them down i mean they, they really made it sound terrifying Right, right. And what was the response with the other people that were in the class? Did they fall for that crap, or did they question you know, it? It's, it's, it's kind of hard to know, uh, for sure. Yeah, you just listen into the chatter and everything, but, you know, they're just taking it in like they take everything else in. You don't question. There's not a whole lot of questioning going on. Nobody's really saying, hey, but I know so-and-so, or I got a family member in a club, and everybody just listened and take, took notes, and then, you know, they there's a lot of sidebars and chatter going on. I mean, really, when I, I, I thought that this was going to be a stricter environment. You know, I thought it was going to be more orderly. Uh, there was going to be more, you know, about discretion and, how, you know, being a peace officer. In other words, helping people who cannot help themselves, right, when they're being preyed upon by violent predators, okay? Right. And uh, you, didn't, you didn't really get that kind of a thing. It was more of a these are the enemy and, and here's why. And, and what and was some of the reasons the that they? What was some of the reasons that they gave you that uh, motorcycle clubs are the enemy? Okay, now again, they're not saying this specifically. This is just the overall image that they're painting. Okay, so when you cut through all the BS and all the information, what you're left with was cops versus MCs when you see them, and they're not to be trusted. So, as far as specifics in that, they would just show videos of shootings. They would have. You know, people blacked out with, yeah, you know, just, they would just talk about these kinds of things and, and give these examples in class. I, I wish I had the curriculum so I don't, I don't, you know, say something that didn't happen there, but uh, I don't. So I want to be careful. Again, it was an overall picture that they painted regarding that, you know. Mm-hmm. Did they ever give you a class or uh, any information on cops that go, go bad or how to investigate other cops? Well, they didn't talk about that too much, um, but regarding just the um, 
some of the law enforcement clubs, you know, they, it, it was something that was brought up there, you know, just because it's a law enforcement club doesn't mean that the people that are in it are law abiding citizens. So, um, that was, that so, was the, uh, so it's there. uh dog eating their own there, man. It sounds like, well, it, it was just one of those impressions again, that anybody that is a part of these MCs is suspect and that, Again, my take from it based on – I don't know what their intention was. I'm just a guy listening to all this, seeing the pictures and everything. It was just – I was like, you know, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. If you didn't know anything about it, you'd be like, why would you want to be a part of a club like that, man? Nobody's to be trusted. It's filled with violence. It's just a war between them, other MCs, and the police. Right, right. And, and, I've, and I've kind of seen the talk on both sides sometimes. You know, you know people that are not – you know, uh, well, they're not bikers. I worked with a guy. He he was a Harley rider, new rider, and uh, I'm not kidding you, man. We worked at a security. We were security at a hotel when Sons of Anarchy came out, which I, I, I wasn't. I didn't watch it. I've seen it, but I'm not a big soap opera guy. No offense to anybody, but um, just not for me. But uh, that show totally changed him, man. You know, so now he's seeing this show and. He's starting, you know, art imitates life, life imitates art kind of a thing. And now he's making cops the enemy. And so my whole thing for talking about this was to try to some way, you know, talk about peace, man. You know, how can the law enforcement world change? How can some maybe even some MC people change? I mean, you know, look at yourself and say, OK, what what kind of stereotypes? against MC members or police do I have and, and, and how to are maybe I need to reconstruct the way that I think a little bit. So that, that's my thing, man. It's for everybody, you know, to just enjoy life and, and be at peace, man. And for these cops, they need to use discretion. And I told the one, I got pinched and out of state, man. And I told the cop when he was throwing me in the squad car, I said, Hey, when are you going to stop the, you know, dude, have you been totally brainwashed by the Academy and you don't realize it, man? I mean, when are you going to snap out of it and start using some discretion instead of just trying to hammer everybody that you can, man? Right. Well, you know, the thing with the cops and bikers go back crap. It has to, uh, right after Hollister and through the, you know, the 60s and the 70s is where it was really bad when the Vietnam uh, vets were coming home and forming the clubs. And it was just, you know, because I had the opportunity you know, before I got in the club in the 90, you know, 93 to learn from guys that were from the Vietnam era and the shit they had to go through with police, with the profiling, you know, the profiling going on nowadays ain't nothing what them guys had to go through. And that's where the line in the sand was actually drawn between police and bikers is because you couldn't go down the road without getting pulled over. If you were on a bike or you looked like a biker, you know, they had you, you know, spread eagle on the ground. And right. that's the air I come from. And, you know, I know the a lot of the newer guys don't understand, you know, my positioning on Leos and stuff. Because, you know, during the 90s when stuff was popping off in Chicago, I was getting pulled over every other day. And well. you, you just can see... You know, the disgust that they have for us. And okay. for my point of view, it was, okay, so you have disgust with us. You don't like us. And that's great. You got your job to do. We got our job to do. And we'll just stay on that, you know, separate sides. But now it's starting to mix where 
they want to put on three-piece patches and you're just skewing everything. You know, you if you're a cop, cool, you got a job. But don't come over by us and trying to act like us or try to be like us when you're out there trying to bust us or harassing us. I think that's where a lot of people, you know, have the attitudes towards the police. And well, let's ta- well, take, for example, uh, I beef on him all the time on this show because I just think he's, you know, ridiculous. But there's this guy, Ryan Erlacher, he's a press representative for the Yakima Police Department. And he's out there screaming on his radio show that every one percenter is a criminal. And he just bangs on these guys. And you know what? He's a cop, so it's coming from, you know, his point of view. You know, he calls himself law-abiding biker and that he speaks for 99% of uh, the bikers out there, which, you know, a lot of people got uh, upset with that because they didn't want him talking for him. But I think sure. that's where a lot of it comes from. And, you know, I don't, personally, I don't know, you know, maybe with the newer generation when us older middle-aged guys get out of the scene and stuff like that, maybe things would change. You know, but until they get off the high horse, it's hard to even move that needle. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, I think for reform to come, it really needs to happen in the colleges and through the screening process. And, and I said something similar about the military. From my experience, it was, you know, and I had eight years in total. Um, it was, you know, if we just made the criteria a little tougher, screened a little bit, we'd save so much money, we wouldn't have as many accidents because we got more people that are more competent, you know, and that, and not just a, you know, a guy in a brain bucket, you know, bobbling around, right? Right. But um, same thing with police. I mean, and that was that was one of the reasons why I got out was because I just, you know, I had a partner of mine who, uh, he didn't take his gun apart, clean it in over a year and was asking me how to do it. For him. And this was a Glock, which is a super easy weapon to take apart and clean. He hadn't done it in over a year, and this is my partner for over a year. I mean, uh, that this kind is of the stuff guy you got to worry about somebody uh, protecting your ass when you're getting shot at. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple situations in that, and 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 I'd seen stuff within the department and within the county also, and um, that I, I just couldn't believe that I was seeing and that I was hearing. I mean, um, same thing in the academy, and so after. I had been in it for about, I don't know, I think I was a full-time licensed officer for about three and a half years. Uh, I just, I got out of it, man. I had a lot of stress starting to hit me from, I was going through the firefighter certification too and getting geared up for a deployment. And um, all that stuff together, man, it just, my balloon popped, I guess, at its weakest point, man. And uh, I'm on disability now with the VA, just trying to live my life and, uh, you know, help my family out best I can and those around me and be just a good, righteous dude, you know. Right, right. What service did you, uh, what, what were you a part of? Well, uh, I was a part of a few things. Are you asking where, if I deployed or where I deployed? or? No, what uh, branch of service were you in? Oh, I'm sorry. I was in the Army. Yeah, and I, and I did uh, two and a half years active duty in Fort uh, Riley, Kansas as a combat engineer. But um, I got jerked out of the line company like my first two weeks there, and I went into the tactical operations center, which was supposed to be for six months. And then they kept me there for the whole two years because I did so good with the numbers and everything, and working with the the um, battle captains and stuff. And then got out, uh, went back into the National Guard uh, not too long after 9/11, reclassed as a Cav Scout, got promoted to E5, 
um, got hurt right before that deployment while I was at WLC, and then uh, and then just got out shortly after that. I was in Europe for a little bit outside the states. It was good. It was a good time, man. You know, but uh, it was tough work, man. I was soldiers out there. It's, it's tough, man. It ain't easy. Oh, I know it is, man. It's you know what the stuff you guys go through for this country and get the the little respect that you do from people. You know, I always go back, you know, because I was lucky enough to grow up in a family who's had people fight in every war there was uh, since the beginning of this country. And I just heard the stories about how the guys came home after Vietnam and the shit they had to deal with. And, you know, it's you know what I am. I actually appreciate how people actually take care of our soldiers now. Personally, I don't think the VA does like the Trump said he would do. So I'm hoping Trump gets out there, gets a better uh, guy in the VA to help you guys out. You know. Cause yeah, you the got... VA is, is a shit show, man. Well, you know, you guys are out there. You put your lives on the line. You guys should have, you know, Class A health care out there. You should have better right. health care than these idiots in the Congress and yep. all them have. And it's just... It's and and better, better transitioning. I mean, you know, it's like whether you go to combat or not, getting out of the military and into civilian life, is a heck of an adjustment and it's something that i have not adapted well to i mean i i, I do not i got a coffee mug my army buddy said this did not get along well or it does not work well with civilians <laughs> it's like right. i try but it's very very hard to transition into civilian life man so i'm actually starting riding this year got through the um, harley basic riders course just got my endorsement and gonna go test ride some bikes today actually so oh awesome man that's good to yeah, hear man that's good to hear well, you know what? I really appreciate I really appreciate you coming on, sharing this stuff with our audience. And you know what? It it's really eye awakening to hear what people are actually taught in the police academy about motorcycle clubs. And it couldn't be the furthest from the truth. No, man, I, I appreciate you having me on and, and like I said, it's just it's just one of those things they really need to revamp their stuff. They really made one percenters and that look like criminals and, and from what I know from what I've heard from one percenters, it's, it's not about criminal. It's not about being a criminal. It has nothing to do with law. It's about a, a state of mind and how you live, you know. But uh, I don't claim to be one, so I, I don't know. But um, Well, that's, no, man, exactly, I, that's I, exactly what it was, you know, because I laugh at people when they bring that up. You know, I was with the Black Pistons. That was a support club with the Outlaws. And not once, not once was I asked to do anything illegal. It was actually quite the opposite because if you got caught doing something stupid that would bring heat on the club, they kick you out. But, you know, cops and the, me the media don't want to bring that stuff up. But, uh, no, I, I hear you. you know what, Mike? I really appreciate you coming on. And, it, you know, it was just an, a great conversation, real insightful. We want to thank you for your service. You know, we want to send prayers out to your buddy that uh, lost his life and uh, his family, and we really appreciate what you did. Hey, man, I wish I could have done more. God bless you guys. Anytime, any questions, uh, I'll always help out where I can, man. Okay, I love it, man. Thanks, Mike, and I look forward to uh, talking with you more soon later on. All right. Take care. All right, buddy. And that was Mike, and, you know, like I said, we really appreciate our, uh, you know, our soldiers out there, and the things that they got to go through for us to be safe and you know let's hope that these people in congress actually do something to help them out and the va is just a mess out there right now 
But uh, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and uh, I'll be getting you up there. We're going to have a little discussion, a little reply, you know, with uh, Double Barrel and uh, some of the shenanigans dummy over there at uh, Law Law Biden Biker uh, was putting out there. So, I'll see you on the other end, guys. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of Insane Throttles Motorcycle Madhouse and Biker Angler on YouTube. If you're looking for up-to-date biker news, then Insane Throttle is the place to be. Daily editorials and news that's dedicated to the biker scene, come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at HardlyLiberty.com. Or come over to Insane Throttle's newest YouTube channel for Biker Angle, hosted by myself on Sundays, and the boss hosted by Big Pete James on Thursdays. Be there. Well, this it is, is the Chicago. Midwest. Yeah, it is the Midwest. <laughs> but it's just fun uh, being able to ride without icicle on your balls. Well, wow. <laughs> that's God's point to that. Valid. Very valid. But they were dumping salt up in Wisconsin, weren't they? Yeah, they, uh, fuck, what is it, Friday? Friday night, they were dumping salt. Uh, but it did ice over and people can't drive for shit, so I get the point. You know? <laughs> a couple more weeks, man, you'll be able to bring out the cu- custom uh, bike job, man, custom paint. You know what it is, man, is, is uh, man, <laughs> the sue-happy world that we live in, you know, if people crash, they sue, like, the, the county and they sue all these, <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable. So I'm now whenever you. it gets, like, fucking ice, they just... They throw that shit out in buckets. <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> well, we got a couple of things uh, today for you. We'll uh, give some feedback on uh, old Lollipop. But uh, first, it's Motorcycle Awareness Month. And the bill out in California just got passed through committee about uh, profiling a motorcyclist with club members. There's some good support out there. Double D's actually leading uh, the charge on that for Motorcycle Profiling uh, Project. The big important thing about the profiling, though, is he's got a national survey up on his site, mm-hmm. and you'll actually, I'll actually put it in the description box uh, for this audio, and uh, if you ever have a situation where you feel like you've been profiled by the cops because you're a club member, or they just didn't like the way you look, go on there and fill out that survey. Nah. God knows, yeah. I've got uh, hit plenty of times in my life there's gonna be a lot of surveys (laughs) it depends on who you ask though right 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 (laughs) well you know you had uh urlacher out there you know captain howdy duty as i call him over (laughs) that's captain howdy duty you come up with fucking names for every don't you i'm telling you man (laughs) but uh He's the one over at Law Abiding uh, Biker who is, uh, actually he's not only a cop, but he happens to be the PR spokesman for the police department. So now I know... A PR spokesman? Yeah, he's the press guy. He's the one who goes on the camera, tells all the bullshit lies. I thought was the chief. No, man, they got a press off. He's from Yakima, Washington, man. Yakima. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not up with the police lingo, I guess. <laughs> I, I didn't know they had a spokesman. Yeah, the, I, I thought the poli- it... they had a, you know, he's the spokesman for the police department. Wow. And, uh, you know, now we know why he goes around bashing on one percenters all the time. So. Yeah, but I think we were pretty clear on how we feel about that part. But, right. you know. <laughs> how do you think he did with his interview with Lollipop, man? Was there softball questions in that motherfucker? Or what? You know, you know, there is. There was. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not really surprised. I mean, you sent me the link, and I listened to it. 
And uh, I, I'm not really surprised. You know, Lollipop and his club over there is part of their little deal. You know, I, I can't imagine that they would bash on him too hard. You, you know what I mean? Um, to me, it was a love fest, but go ahead. Well, but you get my point. I mean, I, I look, he's not going to come out and say, hey, what about this? What about that? He's just, he's not going to do it. And, you know, like I said, they're all part of the same little alliance and doing all, I mean, you can't really, you can't be surprised. I mean, you really can't. So, you know. Well, some of the stuff that surprised me is a lot of those emails we actually were forwarded from uh, unidentified sources or confidential and uh, sources, as we call it here at Insane Throttle. And they came off right off the message board of where he wrote them. And if yeah. this cop can't see that, man, I'm telling you, man, we should move the Yakima okay. and start an operation up but, because they're dumb. But even if he did see it, he's not going to say. All right, come, all right, look, they're part of the same alliance. They're part of the same deal. They're, he's never going to say it, ever. And I understand that, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? Uh, Erlach or whatever the fuck. Officer Howdy Doody. Well, okay. But uh, I understand that... Uh, he, he claims that he's down the middle and he's unbiased and he's whatever. And and that's cool. That's great. But, yeah, I think he, he was a little soft on him without a doubt. I mean... Well, I don't even think he actually claims he's down the middle. He claims to be the spokesman for the 99%er club. He claims that he doesn't have an opinion one way or another, is what I heard him say about 60 times. Which, you know what, hey cool that may be true but what i'm saying is is lollipop is part of the alliance that all of them are in so you can't really be a hundred percent not have an opinion you, you can't well as a cop seeing that kind of stuff and preaching that you know the law-abiding association you know what i find funny is how hypocritical and you know just plain well. dumb that some of his statements he says and then here you go here you got evidence that this guy was actually ordering stuff on civil you know the other club stuff i can see but I, civilians yeah but i, I wouldn't have handled it over i don't care if it was a message i don't care if it was on they suppose we have a form or some shit right i, I well i'd have never done it on email that was a stupid you move. know what i'm saying i would have never i would have made a phone call or something like that that's what i would have done but it doesn't really yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't anymore. Yeah. Look, what's done is done, and what is is what is. He can say that he never did any of it. Well, yeah, okay. Well, from my understanding, you he know. was put out bad on that stuff just because of that kind of shit. And now, what I find funny in testifying against his own cl his old club. Yeah. What well, the hell, man? See, I'd stay far away from this guy if I now, was close, Honestly, guys. I don't really give a shit one way or another about Lollipop. About the, the only problem I have about the association, which I was plainly said, is you're creating diversity. Like you're You're creating a problem, but you're doing it opposite of what you bitch about. That was the only thing that I wanted to make really a point. You know, you're going to say that 1% you know, would alienate certain groups of people. All right, cool. But you're doing the opposite. And you somehow think that that makes you better or you're going to get a different outcome. Look, a fuck you is a fuck you. I don't care how you look at it. Whether it be law-abiding or 99 or whatever word you want to use. I don't care what it is. 
all right, you're going to say, all right, fuck the 1%. And then if you go the other route and say, well, we're all, we all obey the law, we're the 99, we're this, we're that, then the 1% is going to tell you to fuck you. Right. You get what I'm saying? All it leads to is a fucking gigantic fuck you <laughs> and a big fucking problem. Right. Right. So, well, know, the problem you know, that I think this, uh, you know, Officer Howdy Doody has is he don't speak for the 99 percenters because I got tons of replies to that Well, one. They were actually kind of pissed off that he had the balls to say he speaks for them. Yeah, but, alright, I, look, we have an open platform, we have an open deal, and as much as anybody wants to say that we're not open, like, down the middle about shit, look, <laughs> there, there's no secret that you don't like LEOs. It's no secret. None. Okay. Cool. I really don't give a fuck. Just don't be a douchebag. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like I've said a million times, I care about the feds. The feds will shut everyone down. Period. I don't give a fuck where you, you know, what side of the tracks you're on. The feds can come in at any moment in time and fuck your whole world up. Make you disappear damn near into a fucking dark ass hole. And, and that's just truth. Period fucking truth. And it's, so that's my problem. That's why I always say on all these shit, man, motherfucker, we got to figure out a way to, to run the middle. If you don't like another person, fine. All right? Tell each other to fuck off. Then leave it at that. Period. All right? Now, I know a lot of people, they don't understand that I'm saying... I'm talking 99% law-abiding, working class, whatever you want to call them, okay, versus, like, the 1%. Those two need to stop fighting because most people go, well, it'll never happen, you know, 1% club and a 1% club. Well, it has happened. It's happened in the past a little bit, but right. I, you know what but I think it is a, with them? I think it's dick size and ego, man. Right, but... There was always a greater good of why they, you know, started getting along. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were worried the Fed was going to take everybody down. So, that's kind of my point. They realized that at that moment in time, look, we got to stop fucking fighting or else we're all fucked. Right. But for some reason, when it comes to the working class clubs or the working man clubs, 99%, whatever the fuck, all right, they don't associate the two. You know what I mean? They don't get it. Now, I, I, again, the three-piece thing, I think it's dead and gone. There's no fuck... It, and I know in a lot of ways you agree. Well, you know, the premise behind it's been watered down, and the one-percenter patch, actually, some of the bigger clubs are getting away from that because it's getting okay, watered down. but that's my point. So, the three-piece aside, because I, I just really don't think it matters anymore. It doesn't. There's so many fucking people running around with the three-piece, it Riding clubs. Jesus fuck, there's fucking social clubs running around with the shit. So I just don't see the, the point of arguing about it anymore. It, I, you know, it's just all there is to it. So, look, with the lollipop thing, my biggest problem with lollipop is you say you have no ill will towards your old club, okay? But everything you do says that you do. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? You testify against them. You fucking say all this bullshit, you know? And a lot of the crap, you were in charge at that moment in time. You know what? Actually, you bring up a good point because a lot of those incidences he uh, listed in his report 
Right. I went and researched. He was at the. He was in charge of that fucking thing when uh, all that shit went down. Right. And my biggest problem is, <laughs> look, man. Because you're out of it now, you're like, I never had shit to do with nothing. Look. Okay. Great. You know, I, after I get locked up in jail, I can sit there all day and say, hey, I never had nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? It, that's after the fall, you're bringing up all shit. You know what I mean? Right. So, okay, look. <laughs> you know what? As a lot of the people, you know, not over the, well, not only on the internet and that write-in and stuff. Right. I think the reason why everybody's after this guy is because he's caused a lot of fucking problems with us. Look, he did. He, he really did, and... And it's man. sad, too, because his old clubs is getting on the fucking road. They're doing the shit. They're talking with other clubs now. I have confirmed that. <laughs> but a lot of the hatred goes back to what I this asshole really did. I don't give a shit if they are or not. My biggest thing is, is look, all right, if you... Uh, what was it? A lot of people, and I hear it all the time, man, a lot of people don't hate the Iron Order. It's usually the guys that don't ride or the guys that are fucking sitting on the sidewalk. Or It's usually those guys, and that's confirmed. Right. All right? Or they, they're on the Internet entirely too much, and they read every stupid shit they've ever found. Now, am I saying Iron Order's perfect? Absolutely not. No club is perfect, period. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. All right? But the point of the matter is, is they... Look, from what... I've seen what I've heard from what you have told me. They do ride a lot, okay? They ride more than some... You know, I'm not defending any one club because that's not how I do things. Right. But the truth is the truth, man. Just like I say, we're the platform for facts. The club, You know, the, the clubs or the participants tell the story. And the story is from a lot of clubs that I talk to because this right. is a conversation that comes up a lot when I talk to the contacts. Yeah. They have no damn issues. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you know what? It, it's it's the sidewalk commandos. It's the people that a lot of the support clubs they do, from what I understand. But I, I just I find it funny. Again, this is kind of my point. And, and me personally, I'm burnt out on talking about Iron Order. I I just really don't give a shit. You know the lollipop thing, man. You're an asshole for fucking testifying against them because you were in charge for most of them. Now, I don't give a fuck how you want to explain it. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I really don't care. All right? But that's the truth. All right? That's just... It's blatant. But but here's my point. All right? All the incidences, not just with Iron Order, but with a lot of these guys, they don't need to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay, so Iron Order claims they're independent, which I, I believe they are. They, they don't have a support anywhere... Right. You know what I mean? So they're independent. Okay, cool. What? It doesn't fucking matter then. If you're a 1% guy, it doesn't matter what they do. Right. Period. <laughs> it does not matter. Oh, they rode by. Big fucking deal. They rode by. It would, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't right. know. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, I think, the, you know what, I think it does need to come ahead with this freaking guy because, you know what, he's caused a lot of heartache and a lot of problems out there. Look, look the way he did it where, uh, okay, let me ask you, you this. Don't, you don't well, talk to let people, me ask you that's this. bullshit. Would you ever prospect under a guy that ever, you know, never prospected Oh, himself? God, fuck no, come on. <laughs> Would you? Fuck no, all right. But you know what, that's not my biggest problem. He, like I said before, the past is the past, nobody can change that period you know what i mean 
just like all the other Dominic clubs have a past that they would probably like to bury. Well, a lot of the Dominic clubs do. The problem is now that you got this guy out there publicly testifying, that's a problem with a lot of people. And in the this is my point. All right, look, was there problems where he would we go where we go and we don't you know answer or whatever whatever the fuck the company line was back then? All right, yeah, that was a problem. Okay, it wasn't a pl problem as far as an independent because if you're an independent, look, that's what you do. You right. run around, you don't whatever. But the talking to each other, if if he would have came out and went to whoever and said, "Listen, we don't do anything you're doing, whatever that may be or not be," all right, we don't care about your territory. We don't care about none of that. We're just gonna ride. Period. We're gonna ride, party, have fun. Which last time I checked was the whole reason any of us got into it. Okay. <laughs> I don't see as there would have been as many fucking problems. I don't think there would have, no. So, I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying yeah, all of The them. communication was, should have been key in this whole thing. Right, but because he didn't know any better, and a lot of them who started that didn't know any fucking better... <laughs> that still don't excuse what happened to the, uh, you know, out there. I'm, you know what? I'm not excusing nothing, but what I'm saying is, is the reason why they got such a bad fucking rep... And the reason why that a lot of confrontations happen is because of this. And him not realizing that, for some reason, just bothers the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> it really does. Well, what bothers me is he's out there and, you know, howdy doody's out there, you know, praising him. Hey, he, they didn't listen to the Confederation of Clubs. They didn't listen to this and that. Well, it didn't have nothing to do with the COC. Well, it's not just that, man. They're an independent they're independent. They weren't claiming any fucking territory. All right? Look up the term independent. <laughs> it had nothing yeah, to do oh, with like fucking we are here COCs. But it has nothing to do with But that's what causes COCs. the problem when you have this cop out there. He, It's in print. We put it in print. Right. And it's, it's him actually saying this shit. You know, going after the COC, even going after Double D and the motorcycle profiling project. Right, right. right. No, I, I, look, you no, know, I'm not, I'm not that kind of shit. You know what? That's what causes the problems. You know, even you know what? The law-abiding alliance might even be a good thing, but when you have somebody in there like Lollipop, that's going to destroy you know all what? Its I don't, I don't even give a shit if fucking Lollipop is in it or not. As soon as you try to alienate a part of the fucking MC community, you're fucked. Right. Just because you're going. And look, listen, Dominance figured that out too. That's why we have all this cluster fuck of fuck. All right? Because like I said before, look, 1% and all this shit never meant just go out and fuck with each other. It no. just meant fuck the man. Right. And fuck your rules and fuck your way of living. And you know what I'm saying? It was the outlaw mentality, not the club. Just the mentality in general. We're talking back, I don't care, you know, cowboy days, the fucking whatever. It was that mentality. Fuck your laws, fuck your rules, fuck your shit. I'm going to go out, ride around, camp where I want, whatever, all right? But here's the problem. Now, if uh, Erlacher or whatever the fuck you call him. Howdy doody. Okay. <laughs> if, uh, if he would have came out and said, listen. You guys made a bunch of bullshit laws and people are telling you to fuck yourself and you don't like it. I would have been sitting here going, fucking A right, dude. Way to be. 
But no, he's not. He's going out there saying, I represent the 99%. We're the fucking majority. We're this, we're that. No, dude, just stop. <laughs> you all just stop because the 99% are not fucking cops. Period. Period. They're okay. not cops. And here's another thing against with the lollipop and all of it. I don't care who you testify against. I don't, I don't care if there's a fucking cop club on the stand. You don't testify against the club. No, you never do that. Period. Well, that's kind of why, you know what, you bring that up. That's why I went after Zeke yeah, with the ugly man Kazakhs. Because not only, you know what, and I'll put that out there publicly. He killed the girl in 77 over a fucking bike. Oh. And, you know, this is just me talking. This ain't double barrel. Well, but, I don't know uh, about right. Well, I got <laughs> real in-depth with it. But he killed a girl over a bike. And the only reason why he's walking around today is because he got a technicality over on an appeal mm -hmm. and he had some conditions set on him which put a leash around his fucking neck. But okay. he, the, the thing is, we never killed no women. The way it is in Chicago anyway, we never freaking killed no women. We never went after no kids. We handled our business the way it was supposed to. So, yeah, he's a fucking coward in my eye. But anyway, get past that. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, he had a member of the Kazakhs testify against Pike and Portillo. Okay. You don't do that bullshit. Okay. That's, you know what? I'll he, he's, they're basically helping the feds. You know what? <laughs> and what's even what I want the ugly man Kazakhs to remember as they go to trial in Waco, because thank God they're talking about uh, getting rid of about 100 right now cases, but there's going to be oh. like 28 going ahead with trial mm -hmm. and if you're ugly man Cossacks remember that your yeah. national allowed one of your members to take down even if it was friend or foe we never testified mm. yeah. remember that on the stand when well, you're there and they're trying to go after your ass what one of your members and one of their old ladies did to Pike and Portillo now I have no like I said I have no horse in this freaking race but what's right's right. Well, here's the thing. Honestly, I know absolutely dick about Ugly Man Cossacks or 1% Cossacks. I, I, I don't know anything about either one of them. And well, unlike most news places, I'll fucking totally admit, I have no clue about any of that shit. Now, I know you've been keeping up with it, so... You know, but, you <laughs> know. Here's the story, and that's another. And, and the, I got there's a big debate about that on the internet about the one percenter Kazakhs and the ugly man Kazakhs. Well, right. here's the way I see it: they broke away because they didn't like how the fucking leadership was going. That's been done over and over again. They went out there to try and make a better club, and actually, after learning about uh, Zeke the way I have, I wouldn't freaking blame them for what the hell they did. Well, what? Why'd they use the Cossacks then? Because they're Cossacks, man. That'd be just like, uh, you know, we start a club and, you know, it, we want our principles and stuff like that. Hey, we're going to bring it back the way we were. Those guys prospected. They gained entry into oh, the club. Oh, so they just switch. I get it. Right. I get it. No, they I went get one, it. They went 1%. But I don't know if you I, know, I, don't, I don't agree with it, but I, well, I understand it. But again, you know what? I, I can't make a comment on all that. But if I don't I, know all that went well, down. Right. But if the, I mean? Well, that's, you know, if the ugly man Kazakhs had a problem with it, 
You know, it's just like Zeke sent out a text to a freaking broad that got forwarded to us. Okay. For one, you don't talk business with a fucking broad. That's well, one of the problems with, the, you know, the MC community right now is they, you know, they go around talking about protocol, protocol, protocol. Well, here's a protocol hint for you. We never talked to fucking broads or cunts. It was, it was just never like that. Yeah, but you know day. what? We have to, we have to, for some reason that that protocol thing gets lost in translation. It does. Because uh, well, I don't even think it's a protocol. No, I think no, no, it's, no, no. What I I'm saying it's just is a street, street way of doing things. There's, there's in MC protocol. In MC protocol, when you're in an MC, there's certain things you go by, and they call it protocol. Most people, when we say the word protocol, they think of the go ask permission shit, go no, ask the whatever. No, that's not what we're talking about. That has nothing to do with what we're talking One about. One thing, you know, and every, you know what, I know a lot of one percenters know this, or they should know it, mm. uh, because you know what, a lot of, uh, shit, some of the guys I knew back in the day got fucking hanged up because they uh, talked with abroad, and next thing you know, they're sitting behind bars. The There's biggest advice I can give you guys <laughs> is this. I do not care if she's your wife. She will talk against you. They will use everything against her they can to get her to talk. Remember that. They'll use the kids. They'll use everything. Well, you see, that's the thing. You gotta. The smartest thing to do is don't. That's why we never talk to women. But this is this is why I make the Fed comment. They can literally make you disappear. And I don't mean kill you. I mean put you in a dark hole where nobody knows where the fuck you are. Right. So when the feds well, walk well, in well, and they what, say... You know what? For the example of what you're saying, yeah. look what they're doing to the president of the fucking United States right now. Just look what they're doing to him. They oh, had it all up. set up. Yeah. It was a freaking coup between the FBI, CEA, and the DNI. Well, look. Three or four guys, and it's been proven. It's all, you know, coming out right now. So if they can do it against somebody like Trump, they can sure to hell do it well, against a member of a club. Well, they can do it to anybody. Club. You know, there's been so many bullshit speculations throughout. Uh, fuck, man. It's, you know, did uh, the FBI kill a president? Did he have him assassinate? You know what I'm saying? There, there's been so many back and forth. Now, are they all true? Probably not. Are they all false? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> so, but look, that's more of a speculation deal. We could do it well, all day. Well, you know, we don't even talk about that. You look what they did to Barger and people like him in the 70s. And I think people need to understand the reason why I think the way I do is because I was raised by Vietnam era guys who had to go through that shit in the 70s and 80s with the cops. And it was a bad time for them guys. They had to plow through. I think oh. uh, Sonny, he went through freaking trial after let, trial let with these Let me tell you fans. something. It was a bad... And, and you know what? Even even today, with... Man, veterans so, just aren't getting treated the way they should. Right. Well, I'm not only talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, the ideology of, uh, you know, the way cops used to be. And most of the time are now. But they want to go out there and throw on a patch and act like us. And then you got, you know, guys like, you know, not even Lollipop, but, uh, because, you know, he smokes on, uh, Holly Dewey's dick all the time, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but you got guys like him or guys that are going, well, law-abiding, law-abiding. Do you guys realize what these guys had to go through in the 70s, 80s, and even early 90s? Because I remember the wars in Chicago, I was being pulled over every freaking day. Look, you know, here, here's my biggest thing. 
My biggest thing, and I think it's where you and I disagree about all of it, and, and not so much a disagreeance, I just think we look at it different, is it doesn't help anything. To sit here and say, look, cops are assholes, cops, it doesn't help. It, it really doesn't. And, and that's another thing about being in, like, middle, middle of the road type reporting. Look, we have to try to find a solution to all this shit. We can't just sit here and bitch and say, hey, look, you know, this is the problem, this is the problem, this is the problem, and one side's wrong, one side's right, whatever. Yes, there are right and wrong sides. There are always points. And I do believe we have done a damn good job on making the point of, look, well, I think we have one percent discussion. Well, what I'm saying is, is 1% wrong about everything? No. Is 99% wrong about everything? No. Well, the <laughs> you know problem is that's where you have to start, you know, diff, you know, you got to put in separate groups there because 99% are in no way affiliated with cops. It's never been that way. The problem is, is you know what, if you, have, if, you have, if you have cops out there and most of them doing these freaking cop clubs going around bashing one percenters in the COC, you're always going to have this look, problem. Look, I'm, because we know where they're coming from. I'm going to disagree 110% on that. I have known clubs, and I will not name their names, but I have known clubs that have had cops in them and whatever. The difference, and I'm talking through the 90s, through whatever, all right? The difference was they didn't publicize it like it is today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of people are publicizing, like, we have cops, we, a lot, you know what I mean? And, like, they wear, like, a badge of honor. It's and, no badge to me. Well, <laughs> to you it's not, but my point is, is who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Okay, so you got cops in a club, big fucking deal. Great. You don't have to tell me about it. I don't right. give a fuck. Well, with the publicization <laughs> and, you know, throwing it in the face, but... Uh, there was a, a lot, lot of, of clubs with cops all the way through the 90s, 80s, a lot of the, the A lot of the problems are, you know what, what people had to go through. And there that's, is. that's not going to die down until that generation dies off. Well, you know, <laughs> let me tell you something. The whole motorcycle fucking world is going to die off at the rate that we're going with this new fucking generation. And that's just... Look, you and I were talking the other day, and what did we both say, man? Jesus, fuck, I don't know what the hell's going on. I would never I, join a club right now because of the shit going on. It's not just that, man. Even with the world, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. At least to guys like us or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Well, you bring that up. Yeah, the world's changing. Did you know out in California they brought out a cry room at the college? <laughs> they go, they they built a, you know, not to get off fucking point here, but you know, you're talking about how this world's changed. A cry room for people to go and cry okay. in college. You know what? what I, I said this real that? quick. I said this real quick once, and I know it's. A I know sore we're jumping subject. around. But... No, 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 no. I said this real quick once, and I know it's a sore subject. Why the fuck do you think there's all these goddamn school shootings? We are fucking coddling these kids. All the way in the college, in the whatever, we're just coddling them. They can't do even anything after, wrong. Even if they do go to college, we're still coddling. You get my point, though. And then they'll meet a bully, or they'll meet somebody that picks on them, and they can't handle it, and they snap. You know what I mean? I was picked on. I was made fun of. So fucking what? Shit, when I was a kid, man, we'd, we'd duke it out, or we'd whatever. I'd make fun of them back, or whatever. It, and that's the problem. You know, everybody, they're trying to make these fucking laws. And this goes for MCs, too, man. They're trying to make these fucking laws to where we're trying to appease everyone. You know what I mean? Man, fuck everyone. 
that's all there is to it. If a guy's an asshole, he's an asshole. I don't know how many times I've said that in the right. podcast. Look, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Right. If you deserve an ass whooping, you need to get an ass whooping. Period. Right. You know what I mean? But <laughs> fucking a man. Everybody's oh, ban guns, ban no. Teach our kids to fucking not be a fucking little childish piece of shit that can't handle ridicule. Right. You think you're going to get in the fucking workplace and they're going to be like, oh, oh, you hurt your finger? No, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Oh, you want your job? Then stay here and fucking work. Shut the hell up. Well, you know what? My <laughs> problem is, you know what? I can't stand liberals as much as I can cops. <laughs> but just the way they well, think is, you know what? That's not how the world works. Look, look, I, I'm on board with you on, a, <laughs> on the liberal thing. You and I are directly the same on a liberal thing. But, am I going to say that they're all bad? No, they're not all bad. And no, they all don't think. I'm talking about the holy fuck liberal. The ones that are just so off the mark, it's scary. You know, to where if you say something to them, they just cover their ears and make la-la noises. No, what's scary about <laughs> them is, and this is actually in Howdy Doody State, you dumbass. Mm. In Seattle, okay. they got a fucking statue of Lenin. In the middle of a public park. Of Lenin? Of Lenin. Okay. Now, I, right. you know, I know our audience, our age anyway, 40 and up, <laughs> had a lick. Actually, it's, it's lower than that. Uh, Everybody, maybe, 30, yeah. 30 and up. Well, no, about 33 and up is, yeah, is the check. They had to live, as kids, worrying about the Soviet damn Union launching missiles at us. And here these leftist punk at the fuzz and hard left liberals are running around with the Soviet Union flag. Oh. <laughs> and now they got a statue of Lenin. You know, <laughs> you know, I keep seeing all this crap with the, the Soviets and, and uh, the uh, the Nazi shit and all that mm. crap. I, I, keep, I keep seeing these guys running around. And it's funny... To me, like the, the what is uh, the, the the dumbasses that that cover their face all the fucking time, Atifa or whatever, Atifa, Atifa, yeah, all right. And let, <laughs> and let me put it out there: you brought up the Nazis. I can't stand fucking Nazis either because you know what? How many of our fucking people had to die to bring that son of a bitch down and liberate Europe? And here these oh, fuckers look, are look, running look, around Yeah, with but you know what? Nazi you're gonna go back and shit. forth. But my biggest thing about this is is they're putting that shit on their arm, these Antifa fucks and shit. And they're, like, picking and choosing the parts that they like. Right. You know what I'm saying? If they knew what true socialism and communism would be, they wouldn't love that shit too much. You know what they might? That's the scary... You know what? And that's the scariest part of all this bullshit. And this includes the MC world with the new... Like, why a lot of clubs are just saying, oh, you're interested? Come on in. It, it really is, because <laughs> there's a lot of these people that that's what they think. Like they should be told when when to to go take a piss or or whatever. That's, fuck, dude, it, it's it's bad. It, it's really fucking bad. And a lot of people think probably right now, oh man, they're getting off topic. This all leads into the MC community as a whole, in general, because new members are going to come in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and what does that look like? So, all right. Let's just put a for instance. I always sit here and I say, look, we all got to find a goddamn common ground and just knock the shit off. But let me put another for instance that some people don't think about. What if these fucknut, like Antifa fucknuts, get into clubs, all right, and then they're, they're running the whole show? There, there's no logic behind these people's thinking. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you're taking an old beef that nobody knows why you have now, adding it to stupid, <laughs> it's going to be really fucking stupid. Right. And then it's just going to breed more and more and more. And it's just, it's stupid. It, it's fucking the whole thing's dumb. So we got to come, you know what? And, and this is kind of the last stand. I've been saying this a lot. This is kind of the last stand. Look, the MC community as a whole is either going to fly or it's going to die. Right. And that's it. And what I find so funny is, and this is a problem on the law-abiding side and the 1% side. They refuse to believe it. They both refuse to believe it. They somehow think that because, you know, in, in 1990-whatever, we were doing... I don't give a shit what you were doing in 1990-whatever. This is a whole different world. Walk outside. All right? So I don't give a fuck how much you think you were awesome in the 90s, man. You're not anymore. It, it, it's a whole different world, and, and it's just going to get worse. And pretty soon, we're going to deal with these little whiny... I need a cry room motherfuckers <laughs> in MCs. And then what the fuck are we going to do? What, are we going to hug? All right. <laughs> you well, you know what? what? Another, you know what? I'm going to talk about one more subject before we get to a secret tape I was forwarded on mm, April no. 1st secret. between Howdy Doody and Lollipop. I was forwarded it's a this. Secret it's tape? a secret tape. They forwarded it to me. I got it anonymously. But, uh... What the fuck? <laughs> How do you come up with this shit? I'm telling you, man, I just get sent this stuff. There's a lot of fucking rats. I'm telling There's you, man. There's a lot of rats as well. <laughs> uh, whatever. But, uh, you know, the subject I want to talk, and that kind of goes towards what we've been talking about, is the situation in Chicago, because we know we've been getting a lot of emails since uh -huh. a lot of that stuff's been going out about uh, clubs being messed with by the dominant, or there's, uh... There's a lot of, uh territory uh, up for grabs it looks we, like we've been getting a lot of support clubs that aren't happy with their dominant hell no they're not and, and i've got know. stuff everything from you know pulling colors to beating up a blind guy <laughs> a, a blind guy well i hope they won <laughs> you know personally <laughs> you know what you know what like i said we'll hit a law-abiding clubs but i'm also going to hit one percenter clubs man because that's just the way i am i love pissing on everybody's wheaties you know uh, that's not pissing on anybody's wheaties that's that just brings drives home what the fuck i've been saying what the hell we've been pushing <laughs> you think this fucking shit's working we we got clubs up the ass that are on the verge of 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 getting destroyed and I don't care if you like a club don't like a club don't really give a shit because there's multiple clubs out there that are on the verge of just destruction right okay you think this shit's working no this shit ain't working at all <laughs> and all that stuff on the internet when they you know people freaking start running their mouths that don't know what the hell they're talking about right that's actually causing members on the street problems I've been, you know what? I've been seeing a lot of people talking a lot of stupid, like uh, I've seen. <laughs> I won't say their name. It's a dominant, but I've seen people from the other side going, "Oh, good. I hope they get cru oh, you out of your mind." You know what I mean? Even the shit with um, Iron Order. Oh, oh, it serves them right. Are you, again? Are you out of your fucking mind? You know, maybe it's a club you're going to support next. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go out there. You're going to cry like a little bitch saying it's unfair. Right. 
And then, you want to know what's even funnier about that, is you'll get a guy that's on the opposite side of that club saying, oh, good riddance, it should happen. And then they'll cry even more because that asshole doesn't understand. Right, right. But as far as the Chicago situation, man, maybe that dominant needs to let up on those support clubs because I'm telling you, they're not happy no matter what you're hearing. Behind your back, we're getting all kinds of shit about it. You know what? The dominance just, man, look, if a club wants to support you, great. Awesome. And you know what? The dominance need to be start, they need to start being more clear with their support clubs. Like what clubs that, you know, they're all right with, what clubs that they just leave alone. Like, uh, there's a lot, there's a ton of independent clubs out there, just a ton, that don't support either one of them. Mm. And the dominants need to go to their support clubs, because the support clubs do start a lot of shit, they really do. You know, they need to go to their support clubs and say, look, man, just, just let it be, leave yeah, it alone. shut the hell up, man, yeah. it's causing more problems than it's worth. Right, because a lot of these independent, some are not a lot, but some of these independent clubs are bigger than the dominant and the support clubs combined. Exactly. So, I just I think these people just need to take a step back. And I think that I'll be the first one. When we when you and I were in the middle of it, it was a totally different world. We didn't see things even the way we do now. Right. Sometimes you got to take a step out to to see it. But my personal feeling is, if you can't just with the world alone, if you can't see all this. You're fucking missing the boat. Right, that, right. That's just my thought. Now, I'm sure there'll be a million people that tell me I'm wrong. Whatever. Well, you know yeah. what? Before we go to our secret phone call, I want you guys to remember one statistic. Mm. 97%. And what that means is the federal conviction rate when they go after your asses. The feds. Yeah. Yeah. When, you're, yeah. when they pull your ass, they, they got a 97% conviction rate. Yeah, you know I'm Absolutely. hoping uh, Pike and Portillo make it out of it, but uh, we'll have to see. They're presenting their side of the issues and stuff, and it's just terrible that they had to go through the turncoats in their own club. Mm -hmm. To have yeah. another club do it is just even more bullshit. So it's either you know what you're going to live the lifestyle and say you know what because you. They're out there, fuck cops, fuck this, fuck rats. Next thing you know, they're on the fucking stand being one. You know what? That's why I said what I said. I don't even give a shit if it's a cop club sitting on the fucking stand. I'm not testifying against them. Right. I'm just not. That's that's the way it Period. should be. That's the way, you know, that's not even old school. That's just common sense. But uh, you know. we're going to go in, uh, you know what, again... <laughs> we got this tape forwarded to us I, on an I April have, 1st meeting. I have not heard this that thing. Howdy Doody and Lollipop had. Oh, boy. So, I'll see you on the other side. That's <laughs> his cast. Hey, man, what's today's date? April 1st, why? Oh, just wondering. Dude, what are you doing unzipping my pants? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what What the hell? Why? You, you, you're fondling me now, and I'm becoming strangely aroused. What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Now you have my penis in your mouth. No, I'm not. Oh, man. You, oh, oh. Sugar, 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 sugar. Bro job! Mm. 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 God. 
<laughs> April Fool's, you fag. I'm not really gay. Man, you sure got me this time, you little, you little trickster, you. Yeah, dude. I didn't think I could fool you two years in a row with the same joke, but it worked. Can't uh, can't wait till next year. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of Insane Throttles Motorcycle Madhouse and Biker Angle over on YouTube. If you're looking for up-to-date biker news, then Insane Throttle is the place to be. Daily editorials and news that's dedicated to the biker scene. Come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at HardlyLiberty.com. Or come over to Insane Throttle's newest YouTube channel for Biker Angle, hosted by myself on Sundays and The Boss, hosted by Big Pete James on Thursdays. Be there. And yeah, Double Barrel, that was a you know a tape that we got forwarded, man. What do you think, man? <laughs> I thought you were serious. I really, you know what? I was sitting there. I'm like, man, how the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit! I can't believe I just heard that. Yeah, well, you know they got a, they got a love fest, man. <laughs> you know what? They had a love fest on that podcast, so I can believe it. Holy fuck, man! I actually thought it was you were serious. <laughs> <laughs> Like what the fuck? <laughs> well, because I didn't. I, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking. Well, that would mean that one of them gave you the fucking tape. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't see that happening. But... I don't know when they sent this to me. Whoever it was, but you know what? We caught them. <laughs> you know they caught them, and I don't know if you you know remember last week, but you know here's another one that uh, this is a part of a clip that was sent in to us, you know, with the interaction between uh, Lollipop and uh, Howdy Doody. So here's <laughs> here's a recap on that. You know, I've been looking at your butt for uh, about a week. <laughs> I was wondering if, you know, I could have it. Ew, what do you mean? No! I mean, like, you know, just, just give me your butt. No! Give me that butt. No! Give me that butt. No! Yeah, that was from last week, man. So, you know, we had to play the the rest of the, you know, the phone call. <laughs> a lot's making sense. Oh, yeah. A lot's uh, making sense about that, inter- that podcast. The, I'm glad we were talking about the serious shit before this. <laughs> that podcast, I can believe it now, why he didn't go so hard on him. Wow. I think he had, you know, I, I think he had blackmail over him, man. <laughs> I hope you don't think I'm going to have a lot to say after that. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I keep talking, man. I ain't got, I ain't got shit. I'm telling you, that's why he went so easy on him. Oh, He's got blackmail on him. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. What do you guys think out there? You think he's got, you know, Lollipop's got blackmail over Howdy Doody, man? Oh, my fucking God, dude. I'm really glad that we were being serious before because there's no fucking way we could do it now. (laughs) At all. At fucking... I got nothing... You got choking or (laughs) We're sitting here smoking cigarettes, dying over here. (laughs) But you know what's funny? I can imagine that. That's pretty fucked up. (laughs) That is really fucked up that you can imagine. I can't. mm -mm, Just you know know what? He didn't have to grease him so much on that podcast. If he if he really you know what if he really wanted to give a real interview, then stick to your platform. (laughs) Look, I know. Look, I, I, I know, 
I know you're you're surprised about how how easy was I, but I'm not. I'm just I'm really not. I I didn't expect that shit, but um, I'm really not. I'm not surprised. I, look, they're part of the same deal. They're they're part of the same shit. And you, did you really think that he was going to come out and say, "Hey, you're a piece of shit. This is your fucking problem"? Well, if he had you know self respect and respect of his organization and what the organization you know stands for. Yeah, he would have called it out. Uh, that way, he didn't give the organization a black eye. Yeah, but maybe he believes it. Look, look, I I don't know. All I know is I know that a lot of the shit that happened with that his his old club, he was in charge. So as far as I'm concerned, then he's he's you know he's on the ropes for it. So if he's gonna sit here and say, hey, look, man, you know it, it's not my deal, and he's gonna go testify against them. I just, I really don't know how that would work. I, I don't know how that would hold up. I, I don't see the point. Okay? So, look. Something bad happened. Okay, great. It's not the club's fault, though. Because even, you know what, and I'm even going to say this. Even if Lollipop was in charge, it, it's not his fault. It wouldn't be his fault either fucking way. Okay? Because he didn't know what that one guy was going to do or a group of guys or if there was going to be a fight in the fucking... And this is my point. And again, like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, that's been one percenter's point the whole damn time. Look, how the fuck were we supposed to know what all these motherfuckers were doing? And I don't think that's what he realizes he's doing when he gets on the stand. What? Even for himself, uh, with his club. So, you know, karma's a bitch. He goes out there and, you know, he's trying to say this one person, uh, you know, the uh, officers are responsible for one per- member's actions. Remember that while you're on the stand, man, when, you know, well, one of your idiots look, go out there. Look, if there's a piece of shit in a club, then he's a piece of shit, period. It doesn't make the whole fucking club a piece of shit. I don't give a fuck. Right. All right? Because if that was the case... And I need our listeners to understand it. It doesn't matter which club you support. Pick one. Don't care. Then you think that club's a piece of shit because there's been a member in every single club that has been a piece of shit. Right. Period. Every name you can think of, there's a fucking guy in there that is a piece of shit. Right. That's all there is to it. You know, and a lot of people well, just shit, refuse to believe it. You're dead right on, man. Like I said earlier, that fucking chump uh, who's a national for the ugly man Kazakhs and went out there and killed a woman. So, yeah, okay. you're right. Well, again, you know, is it the Kazakhs' fault for it that? It doesn't make the... Well, it, it no, does... No, it's not, it's not the Kazakhs' fault. It's not that right. whole group's right. fault. But, it, you know, it does come a time where the members have to say, hey... Yeah, fuck you. No, that I'll agree with that. That. that ain't way. Fuck you, you okay, know. Okay, but either way, that's after the fact. Right. But just because, and I'm not saying one way or another on anybody or any club, but what I'm saying is, is after the fact, if they say, hey, look, man, that guy's a piece of shit, we're kicking him out, whatever, good on him. Most clubs do, okay? But that's after the fact. <laughs> if something happens before the fact, how the fuck are they supposed to know about it? Right. Right. You know what I and mean? And how are you going to hold the whole club responsible for one idiot's right. thing? Absolutely. Now you want to say it's that asshole's fault? Fine. Oh, okay. All right, then it's that asshole's fault. But, you see, my biggest problem is is, is the, the back and forth, man. I've seen ones where other people start the shit, then something bad happens to the, to the person that started the shit, and then suddenly 
everybody's like, oh my God, can you believe that they did that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. Because that that goes back to it, man. Look, <laughs> just fuck it. If you're an right. asshole and you deserve a punch in the face, don't be surprised if you get one. Right. Now, right. I know I know. nowadays you're supposed to shoot up everything if that happens, but right. you get my point. Well, that's the moral of the story in this segment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. I really right. do, man. I, I really wish it wasn't. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. The club ain't uh, responsible for what the hell some asshole right. does cross country. Now, if that asshole stays in that club, then the club's responsible. Exactly. 100%. If the facts were put out there and the club don't do nothing, then you know what? Yep. You guys, you know, it's your problem. Don't cry to us about it. That's right. Else. You're fucking right. But uh, I'll be coming up in the next segment by myself. I'll have some uh, stuff going on for you. But uh, one thing I want to let you know before we get into the next segment is always make sure, always make sure that you check what's under the covers. My girlfriend works nights, so we rarely sleep together. To make up for it, she slides under the covers and ministers to me the moment she gets home. It's often surprising, but it's always appreciated. This morning's blowjob was especially amazing. The way she used her tongue kept me on the crest of pleasure. And I orgasmed loudly before passing out. When I woke up, my girlfriend was nowhere to be found. So I decided to look around the house to thank her. I was no more than two steps into the hallway when my phone rang. It was my girlfriend, who told me that she was forced to cover for somebody and that she'd be home soon. I screamed and started to call the police when I noticed something written in soap on the bathroom mirror. Monsters suck dick too. Thank you for listening to Don't Shit Your Pants Tales Bleeding Horror. Hi, this is Jay and Tyler with Machikari, host of the Biker Angle over on Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel. Take a second and come over and check out the new channel with shows like The Boss with Peter Big Pete Jones and my show, The Biker Angle. The new Insane Throttle YouTube channel is focused on everything biker, where we take on the tough issues facing the biker community and rally and event coverage as well. Come join in the crazy conversations, put your two cents in, so put that damn beer down and get over to Insane Throttle and subscribe. Shit, get the prospect busy and make them hit that subscribe button for you. Just subscribe. You won't regret it. www.youtube.com backslash C backslash Insane Throttle. Be there. And I hope you enjoyed today's uh, Motorcycle Madhouse. I want to send out a special thank you to the moderators over at Gas, Ass, and Grass. They've been doing a hell of a job. Uh, Brian, Marcy, and Kimmy. Uh, especially Brian with his uh, babes uh, over there, man. He puts up some good stuff. <laughs> You're the man, Brian. And I also want to thank everybody that enjoyed uh, coming and joined us uh, live on uh, today's uh, extended uh, version of Motorcycle Madhouse. Uh, starting June 4th, the first Tuesday of the month, we'll be going live at 7.30 p.m. at nighttime. Because we begin, a lot of people are asking us if we can do it at nighttime. Uh, until then, we're going to be at 1 o'clock uh, every Thursday. 
And uh, again, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We got a whole bunch of content coming your way on YouTube as far as uh, shows. Uh, we have the Biker Angle that gets released on Sundays. We also have the Boss on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. Uh, Big Pete's going to be coming on at uh, well, 7 o'clock, my dumbass. <laughs> uh, he'll be on there tonight, Facebook Live, and uh, talking and asking questions and all that good stuff. But uh, hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you got any uh, people you like us to interview or talk to or any content you like us to discuss, go ahead and shoot it over to me at james at insanethrottlebikernews.com. The numbers are really growing on Madhouse. We're shooting through the roof right now. I think we're burning, uh, old, we're uh, butt-hurting old boy over at Law Abiding Biker. He ain't too happy with me right now. But uh, you guys be safe out there. It's summertime coming up. And also, uh, new word, the 115th anniversary Insane Throttle Biker News will be there. We will be broadcasting live on the Madhouse. We also will be doing some live uh, shots of the events going on, especially the flat track racing. So if you're in Milwaukee on the 115th anniversary, man, you're going to have to come by, stop by, and see us. I know Good Time Charlie's going to be up there in his booth, and it's going to be one hell of a party. One hell of a party. Until uh, next week, guys, I'll check you later. And uh, don't forget tonight, Big Pete's going to be on uh, Facebook Live with us. And thanks for joining us on the Motorcycle Madhouse today. It was a great live show. Hope you guys had fun. Don't forget to go over and subscribe to YouTube, where the boss and the biker angles always over there, right on clockwork every Sunday and Thursday. And don't forget the Thursday night Facebook Lives with Big Pete, the author of The Last Chicago Boss. And head over on to the Instagram page for Insane Throttle Biker News, and you'll see the baby of the day, bike of the day, and the tattoo of the day. So with that, I am out of here, fellas. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax in knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, you get 15% off UPS shipping services and 15% off all shipping supplies. Plus, Staples is open seven days a week. So you can ship around your schedule this holiday. And still get everything out in time while spending less. Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Exclusions apply. In-store only. See associate for details. Ends 12 29